All right. We sound good. Joe is a little low, but you're not terrible. Okay. I can turn it up low. I think you sound good now, though. Okay. Uh, how does this sound? It's definitely uh, louder. It's definitely louder. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't think it will. You sound good. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a picky little bitch. <laughs> I'm being picky. I'm a be, I'm being a little pickster nexter over here, which is a not a nexter. Nobody's ever used that phrase before, but me. <laughs> ever tried to make it sound like it was like a worldwide known phrase, but no one's ever said it before. You know why? Because it's fucking stupid. <laughs> pickster nexter. <laughs> Anyway, all right, let's do this crap. Cool. Off to the races. Mm -hmm. That we are, sir. Stays the thunder, this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 439. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. The leftovers You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, five four, four, three, three, two, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're, we're the leftovers. And Jake, we're back. Another week. Another back. And and, and another back. <laughs> <laughs> we have multiple backs. We have multiple backs. We're like we're like uh the hunchback of Notre two backs. <laughs> I mean, I'm in my mid forties. I could use a second back. That doesn't sound too bad. A second back. Baby got two backs. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> L.A. face with the, with two Oakland booties. <laughs> yeah, this episode sucks already, Jake. Um, I don't know what to tell you, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be a bad one, buddy. Oh boy, we just peaked on material right there. So yeah, we're in trouble. Okay, here we go. We are not alone. We have with us this week. Stephanie Chapman from Seen It Movie Reviews. Now with Seen It Movie Reviews. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And let's rock and roll. Okay. All right. There she is. <laughs> Get it. I wasn't feeling that. I don't think she's really ready to rock yeah. and roll. Really? Yeah. Let's rock and roll. All right. Definitely oh. better. Okay. Oh, that was that was like I, I'm I'm wanting to ask Jesse Spano to get off the caffeine pills on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got a problem. Um, and we also are joined uh, by Wayne from uh, Podcast Championship Wrestling. Welcome, Wayne. Hey, hey, thanks for having me back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me back. 
<laughs> it's always no. It's I guess always nobody else answered. No, it's always nice to get like that. Uh, no, it's not. I had you. I had you. I, I asked you. I didn't ask anybody else. It, it, it's it's always nice to get that welcome back message, isn't it? You know, like oh fuck, I, I didn't completely fuck up the first time I was on. He's actually asking me back. Was it a little bit of a relief? Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious. I don't well, it's know. Been a, it's been a while. I didn't. I didn't know if I was going to be coming back, but uh, I'm. I'm definitely happy to be here. I mean, when you slid into my DMs, I was a little shocked. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I mean, you probably were too. I figured that people had heard, you know, like you know, 14 weeks straight at straight of Joe Stark, and so they were like, okay, we can bring. <laughs> it's time. I love having Joe on. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna apologize for it. I fucking love having him on. I'd have him on every week if I could. Well, now when I see he uh, he read he posts the tweet that he's been on this episode or this episode, I just go, "Of course you were. Of course you were. You were on. <laughs> he's everywhere." I feel a little bit of uh, was that was that a little bit of resentment there in your voice? A bit, a li- no, no, no. I'm a little bit of envy and jealousy for Mr. Joe Stark and his good fortune lately on PCL. He's a, he's a celebrity. I mean, <laughs> bow down. He's he's everywhere. Yeah, he's everywhere. <laughs> oh man, Ugh. boy, oh boy. Yeah, I'd love to hear an episode. I'm not on Jake. I'm sure there. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there are tons of people that agree with that sentiment as well that are listening right now. Hate listening, as a matter of fact, Jake. You think we have a, a lot of hate listeners? You think uh, that's a thing? It, we did. We absolutely have had them, Jake. You know we've had them. Oh, oh, oh I know. We have more than zero. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I, um, I, I, I can't imagine we have too many these days. Uh, not many these days. I think that it's like when they realized that I didn't care <laughs> about their opinions and that I wasn't going to change anything. They just kind of like put down – Put down the gloves. They started waving the white flag of surrender and said, okay, I'll just stop listening. Yeah, smart yeah. choice. Sounds miserable. Like, you have so much time that you hate listening to something? Oh, we've had them. Trust me. I've, I've, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> I've gotten emails. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. I've gotten emails in the past. It's not as bad these days anymore. I, it's been, I think it's been about two, I think it's been about two years since I've gotten, like, a really hateful email. So... Yeah. Anyway. He told me to stop sending them. I am, well. That last one, you accidentally fucking sent it from your email instead of making up the fake one that you usually do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Semi-wet, or semi-dry duck. Hey.com. You used to just send it from that wet-ass, what was that, wet-ass pussy email that you used to send it from? <laughs> <laughs> Happy Batman Day, everybody! Oh, thank you. Yeah. Do anything to celebrate Batman Day? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me either. I didn't. <laughs> I am going to celebrate with a new contest, Jake. Is it Batman related? No, absolutely not. In any shape or form is it Batman related, but it is related to the new Fletch movie. Confess Fletch is now in theaters on digital and on demand. John Hamm stars as the charming Fletch, an investigative reporter who becomes the prime suspect in a murder case and must figure out who really done it. 
in this fun comedy romp. Buy or rent Confess Fletch today. It's rated R from Miramax. And I've got five digital copies of Confess Fletch uh, to give out to our listeners. Uh, what I'm going to be doing is sending out a uh, Confess Fletch tweet and a Confess Fletch Facebook post. Retweet it or share it on Facebook. You just have to do one. You don't have to do both. And then send me a screenshot that you did to contest at popcultureleftovers.com with the title Confess Fletch. And you can be entered to win one of five digital copies. This is for U.S. residents only. And I'll go over the winners next week for Confess Fletch. I'm excited to see that movie. I, I was always a big fan of the uh, two Chevy Chase movies back when we were we were young, and um, I think John Hamm would make a very good Fletch. I, I'm excited to see this movie. Who was going to be Fletch? I think it was about 20 years ago or so, and then it talks just kind of that picture just kind of like went away. Do you remember? Oh, I don't know. Jason Lee. Oh. He, he would have been a decent Fletch. I think he would have been. I a, guess he. Uh, I think he would have been a fantastic Fletch. I think he would have been really good. Like come, this is like him coming off like Mallrats and and some other stuff. So yeah, I think he would have been great. I haven't seen him in shit lately. I mean, I guess there's not a fourth Alvin and the Chipmunks movie, so he's just kind of sitting on the bench. His career kind of just went. It just kind of died. I think you know. I haven't seen him in a lot lately either. So I did listen to uh, Kevin Smith does a podcast called oh, I think you can just listen to it on Smodcast. But he's like interviewing all the people that were involved in his movie Clerks and in Mallrats. And he did an interview with Jason Lee and Jason Lee talked about like his whole career and how it started. And he used to be he was a professional skateboarder. Oh, I had no idea. I oh, yeah. I did know that at some point now that I'm thinking about you it. You knew it. I think we've watched enough skateboard documentaries on this fucking show to know that he was involved in that shit. But, yeah. I got a gift. I got to open it. It's from Mr. Stephen Redgrave. He sent it, and I said I was going to open it last episode, and then I realized it was D23, and it might be weird to open a gift on a D23 episode, Jake, so I saved it for this one. That would have been kind of odd. That would have been kind of odd. <laughs> Check, I think out, it, check out this gymnastics while you open that gift. So, so John Hamm was in the town. The town was directed by Ben Affleck, who plays Batman. So that contest is very much celebrating Batman Day. That is a you know what, Jake? That I'm not even going to say that's gymnastics. I'm not even going to say that's a stretch. That is 100 percent celebrating Batman Day. That's how yeah. you do it. That's how you. That's how you indirectly celebrate Batman Day. <laughs> we are celebrating it adjacently with other facts. <laughs> Not really giving Batman his due on his day, but saying we are. <laughs> I mean, Fletch is kind of a detective. Batman's the world's greatest detective. Yeah, we're the world's greatest liars. Hold on. <laughs> I don't know about that. What do I have here? Sends, sends me... Cat related. Oh wow! No, it is a it is a He-Man Masters of the Universe figure. 
And hold on. It's 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 got a signature here. Is it Fisto? No, it's not Fisto. It's He Man. <laughs> oh, it's He Man, okay. <laughs> uh let's see here. Holy shit. Wow. Oh my god. It's it's signed by Tom Cook. Oh, this is cool. This guy worked on like the He-Man stuff. This is crazy. Damn, that's awesome. Still in the package and everything. Yeah. It says, I have the power to Brian Tom Cook. He was an animator for He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Oh, this is awesome. Ooh. Oh, Stephanie sounds impressed, doesn't she? I, I know, I know. <laughs> that was a very judgmental, hmm. 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 The red claims are great. No, it was great. Boys yeah. and their action figures. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's everything she could muster just to give it that, Jake. It was good. Oh my god. <laughs> Stephanie's already done rock and roll in this episode. Yeah. She's like, I gave you everything I got at the beginning, <laughs> and you were lucky to get that because the first time I tried it, it was a fucking wet fart. And you didn't <laughs> like it the second time either. The second time was frightening. I think my my cats ran out of the room. <laughs> Thank you, Steven. That's cool. I can't wait to I'm gonna put that I'm gonna hang this up. Thank you so much. That is dope. That is awesome. Yeah, man. Fucking, it went from being a toy to memorabilia. <laughs> that's the way, that's the way we do. Is that the way we do, Jake? Is that how we do? I mean, I, I don't really play with action figures anymore, but somehow I still buy them. Yeah, that's true. I do too. <laughs> <clears throat> I love what they've done with the He-Man line now, how they've gone completely retro. I mean, don't they even still have those little comic books now in them? Um... Does this one have a little... Yeah, it does. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. I used to love those little comic books. I had the um, the, the Fisher-Price uh, record player, and I had some of the He-Man books with the records and stuff, and I would play those all the time when I was a kid. I loved them. Mm, I had that same record player, and I'm pretty sure I had a few of those He-Man ones, too. I know. I would still use that record player today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's better than some of the ones you can get out there. Yeah. Stephanie's having a good time on this episode, isn't she, Jake? I No, you're not. You are not. <laughs> my gift like, my gift was like Huh? Did we lose Stephanie? Did I lose everyone? <laughs> no, I think she's just afraid to speak. She's yeah, scared. We Did we yeah, okay, okay, okay. There you are. <laughs> Did you have something? You Okay, I did, what is going on? This is fucking, this is insane. I don't even know what's going we on right now on my podcast. We don't need eight seconds of silence, please. No, we're filling it. No, this is like not an eight second gap. We're just filling those eight seconds with fucking asinine bullshit. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie can't, every time she speaks, someone else is talking. It's, yeah. crazy. it's just like a mutant power. It's an incoherent mess. It is so, I have no idea. Stephanie, what were you going to say? I wasn't gonna say, no, I wasn't going to say anything. I was just say it sounds like a great gift. I love being on PCL. Mm-hmm. Let's rock and roll, which I think is my go-to catchphrase now. Yeah. And I feel like I can claim that. And I'm ready. I'm excited. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm glad there's one of us, Jake, that is at least in that excited camp. 
for this episode. <laughs> I don't know if I was buying that, but I, I will. Uh, no, nice. Listen, I no, I think she kind of just gave herself like her own little pep talk there. Like even in, in her in her head right now, she's like, do we really believe what we just said, Stephanie? <laughs> do we really believe any of that? She's like trying to convince herself, Jake. <laughs> she can't wait to be on scenic cast at this point i, I know she's like fuck she's like are those guys on right now i'm gonna just get over on that call <laughs> yeah hey steve can we record a day early <laughs> uh no steven redgrave thank you so much that is fucking awesome thank you so much um yeah i'll post pictures of it on the uh, facebook and twitter stephanie did you watch 90210 back in the day Fuck yeah. Yes, okay. Um, yes. You know who I just saw died? Oh, shit, who? Uh, Joe E. Tata, if that name does not ring a bell, he was Nat. Oh, yeah, the Nat who ran the um, Peach Pit. Pit. Yeah, he died on August 24th. I did not know this until, like, last night I was flipping through IMDb for some reason, and then I got sucked into like Luke Perry's page and then underneath his page it was like Joe Itata uh, 90210's Peach Pit and it has passed and it was August 24th I didn't even realize he died but man yeah man I oh I I was sad to read that it was like everyone's dying I can't believe that fucking Luke Perry's still gone no that's still a shock mm. yeah 52 yeah, still shocking 52 years old 52 years old Oh, it's, yeah, but we good lost on Nat. you for knowing I watched. That was a good instinct that knowing that I watched 90210. That was spot on. I kind of figured that you were like the big 90210 uh, watcher back in the day. Yeah. 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 Uh, have, did you see that? I don't know if anybody cares about this. Did you see the news that McDonald's and select uh, select areas is bringing back the cheese Danish? I did not. <laughs> Stephanie, what are you giggling about, huh? Since when does McDonald's carry a cheese Danish? Back in the 90s. Back in the 90s. I used to work at McDonald's uh, back in night from 1994 to like 1997. I worked at McDonald's. And when I started working there, they had they used to have a bunch of different shit that they don't have on the menu now. They used to do burger of the month back then. They used to have a different burger every month. They used to have McDonald's used to have fajitas. When I started working there. Fajitas. You can get a fajita. Not a breakfast fajita. You could just get a fucking fajita at McDonald's. A, Mc, a McFita or whatever they fucking call it there. <laughs> and then... That's disgusting, McFita. But then they... Well, it's, it's Quentin Tarantino's favorite. Um, <laughs> but they had, a, they had a cheese danish there. And I'm not kidding you, Stephanie. You pop that cheese danish in those fucking... Those Mick microwaves that they had there for a few seconds. And I'm telling oh, the, the McDonald's cheese danishes were fucking so good. So fucking good. And I haven't had one in probably close to... God... Close to 25 years now, I would say. And I heard that they were bringing back the cheese danish at select locations. And, like, I'm on, like, a very strict diet. I don't eat any of that kind of pastry bullshit anymore. But I was seriously thinking to myself, like, 
<laughs> what would it take for me to get on the phone and start calling the McDonald's and asking them if they had the cheese Danish? Because <laughs> like, I, like I was, I was seriously, seriously comp- contemplating calling around to different McDonald's asking if they had the cheese Danish. And then I thought to myself, like, how sane does that sound? I don't know, Brian. It's only three hundred ninety calories. Okay, three hundred ninety calories. But how I'm much? How many, how much sugar, how many carbs and all that shit. And I mean, seriously, I opened that door. I opened that Pandora's box, Wayne. Next thing you know, I'm fucking eating everything because it won't stop there. It starts with one cheese Danish, Wayne. Next thing you know, I'm fucking like it's just straight lard. Then I'm <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm fucking I'm, I'm naked on the floor eating a bucket of lard. <laughs> I got Kit Kats. <laughs> Kit Kats scattered all over the place. I got a couple Twix up my asshole. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. Jesus. I'm just like, fuck, man. I can I can shove shit up there, too. I've got more openings to get this crap into. I just started <laughs> shoving candy in my butthole. Give it to me. Give it to me rectally. I love this shit. Hmm. <laughs> Love a McDonald's cheese Danish. You ever had a McDonald's cheese Danish? Anyone? I never knew they existed. Oh, love a McDonald's cheese Danish. I read the article. I, I don't know how Google figured that figured that out for me. You, you know you, how you go to like Google and it's almost it's like they tailored that your fucking Google page with all the new shit that they know that you want to see. How did they know? How did they know I wanted a cheese Danish from McDonald's? You must be saying it in your sleep. It's wild. Yeah, I must be. I must be like rolling in the Mick Mick Cheese Danish in my sleep. It's like fuck that Szechuan sauce that came out from the Rick and Morty thing. It cheese Danishes yeah. from McDonald's were where it's at, man. Those things are so goddamn good. I'm telling you, listeners, if you can find the Mick Cheese Danish, try it. It's really good. If you're into that shit, try it. They were really fucking good. Oh, it was so good. Anyway, eight seconds of silence. I'm I'm trying to fill it up right now. <laughs> Nobody. It's been over like, ten years since I've been to a McDonald's. I just I'm just not a McDonald's guy, and yeah. I live like right down the street from one. Like, um, I I'm just I don't know. I just don't like McDonald's food. I think I had a burger one time, and it was just so greasy. It was like leaking through the wrapper that I could like see it, and I was like so disgusted with it. I tossed it, and I don't think I've ever even the fries. Yeah, they were just like way more greasier than they should have been like it was disgusting like i don't know if it was like a a, a prank or, or what like i just i was so disgusted it's been like 10 years since i've been inside of mcdonald's i and think like, it's sexy now not mcdonald's burgers but if you're going to a fucking like like a real burger joint man where they fucking got you know where they're fucking they're using like really good beef and shit and they're making really good burgers and yeah. stuff i think there's something super sexy about a burger that sweats through the wrapper, though? <laughs> fucking through the goddamn wrapper. I want it greasy as shit, man. If I'm going to eat a fucking burger from a real burger joint, I want it. I want that grease and that fucking just the juices of the meat to be sweating all over that wrapper. I want it to. I want it wet for me, man. I like, you know what I mean? When I get in there and my tongue hits it, <laughs> Is it- I want it wet when my tongue hits it. I want, I want, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's hot here. <laughs> <laughs> so much grease. <laughs> What's your favorite fast food place, Wayne? I, I actually I, I like Burger King. 
But, you know, I like Burger King over McDonald's. But, like, honestly, like, I'd rather go to, like, a Wayburger or Five Guys or something for a burger. Or even, like, there's a place down here called Big Bertha's. It's, a like, a driving range. And even places like that have good burgers. We got a I mean, place I here. Just, we got know. we got a place here called but, Crackles. And Crackles is the place to go to get a burger. Like, the step down from Crackles, of course, like, if you – is you go to Steak and Shake or whatever. But, I mean, step up, you go to Crackles. When Matt Damon was here filming his movie, everybody was telling Matt Damon to go to Crackles. He went to Crackles. He loved it. So, yeah, Crackles is the place. I, I'm i telling you, man, I that's one thing. I, I can cut out a lot. I can do a lot on my diet. But, man, burgers are hard to cut out. I love burgers. I love me a burger. Like, when I go to a restaurant, if I could get a steak or a burger, typically go with the burger, man. So. Wow. I like burgers, man. I like burgers, dude. Yeah. I mean... Brother, uh, was, uh, go ahead. No, I, no, go ahead. Uh, my brother was... Uh, I think he was over... And he may have been over in Ohio. And he showed me pictures of him eating, like, one of the world's largest burgers. And uh, I... I Like, his face was so excited when he got it. And then he sent me pictures afterwards. And he looked like he was going to die. Like, it was just hilarious that he sat there and ate the, this entire burger... Uh, he was there for quite some time. Um, I got to find out where it was, though, because I kind of want to go try the world's largest burger. Or, I mean, there could be tons of places, though, like around that are claiming they have the world's largest burger. It's probably one in every state. Uh, it's, I, I, would, I would like the, the world's uh, best tasting burger. Size doesn't really matter in the burger world. Like it does uh, in, with, with penises, but, it, but not with <laughs> – <but, laughs> <laughs> you know, that's true. You like a big dick. Better. You like a big dick, don't you, Wayne? Um, <laughs> the fuck? I have no idea. <laughs> I like a nice burger. I like a nice tasting burger. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I just say size. Yeah, I want a good tasting burger. I don't care how big the fucking thing is. You know what I mean? I don't want to leave the place and be like slider if it's good. Yeah, if it's a slider and it tastes delicious. Yeah, man, that was a delicious slider. That was awesome. I, I really enjoyed that. But if it was big and it was mediocre, that's a big deal. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what, Stephanie? <laughs> you said big and mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> I can work with that. I can work with big and mediocre. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> Stephanie, are we still talking about burgers? I <laughs> We are not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know. This episode's fucking weird. <laughs> it is very weird. It's, weird is better than bad, though. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. I don't know. I feel very uncomfortable. We went from talking about sweaty burgers that basically I was going to fucking, like, eat like a vagina, apparently. And then we started... <laughs> Talking about big and mediocre dicks. Yeah. <laughs> what part's mediocre uh, in that story? Is it the, what the dick's attached to? Is the dick dirty? Well, no. It's like yeah, what it's like what the dick's doing. Yeah, like oh, he doesn't know how to work, use its girth. Yeah, it's length. like That's Stephanie's mediocre. basically saying, yeah. "Yeah, you've got the size and everything, but I'm doing all the work here on your big dick. Like, what's going on?" Bingo. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on, dude. It's is it? I guess he just thinks it's enough that he's got a big dick, right, Stephanie? Yep, and that's never just enough. No, it's not. It's it's like, dude, the, that's 
the small dick guys are just working like overtime. Like the small dick guys are like Rudy in that fucking football movie. You know what I mean? They've got it. They've got to pull out every fucking trick in the book just to get five minutes in the game with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love this analogy. <laughs> yeah you know but big dick rick over there he's just you know he's just blessed with a big dick can you imagine if you took big dick rick and gave him like the heart of rudy wow he'd he'd be unstoppable unstoppable i'm talking like like a bruised appendix i don't need a bruised appendix either like (laughs) like Watch what you do with it, because I don't want to end up in the hospital either. Yeah, no, safety first, people. Safety first. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when when fucking OSHA has to show up for one of your lovemaking sessions, you know, you know, you've got a problem in the bedroom. Maybe you need to tone it down a little bit, you know? Anyway. Take some precautions. So McDonald's has a new cheese danish, huh? Yeah. No, it's not new. They're bringing it back, Wayne. Where have you been this entire time? (laughs) (laughs) It's part of the old menu. This episode's weird, Jake. I think Wayne was trying to kind of divert the conversation there. Oh, yeah. Wow. We making you uncomfortable, Wayne? Talking about Big Dick Rick and the... Huh? Bruised appendixes. Bruised appendixes. (laughs) (laughs) This is definitely a weird episode so far. I don't like it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm kind of here for it. Yeah, okay. All right, Jake. All right, okay. You know what, Jake? I like your positive attitude. You're the the Rudy of this podcast. Man, much like Rudy, I'm going to make you cry by the end of this episode. I'm going to hand. I'm going to hand in my PCL shirt and walk away from this one. <laughs> That's not what people they handed. Yeah, they handed in their shirts and they're like, we're, their jerseys, and they were like, we're not playing unless Rudy. Gets. You know that never happened. Yeah, it was all made up. It was all made up. It was all a lie. The day that I found that out, Jake, was very disheartening. I wish I would never would have learned that knowledge. It's like, you know. I wanted to believe. And ripped your Rudy poster off the wall. <laughs> I did, dude. I went in my room. I was like full snot crying, you know, and I just fucking <laughs> I ripped my Rudy poster off the wall. And I started I started swinging at the air. You know what I mean? Yeah. I started been, swinging I've at the air. Angry. Yeah. I put a hole through my fucking wall. <laughs> right where the Rudy poster was. Yeah, where the Rudy yeah, poster say. was. Yeah. <laughs> i don't think i've seen that movie since it came out oh god i've i used to watch it like i used to watch it like once every few years but now that i've learned that it's mostly bullshit i haven't gone back to it um i think it is wild though it, like i think it was possibly the first movie that vince vaughn and john favreau were both in together oh okay so pre-swingers pre-swingers Stephanie's mind is blown. I didn't know Vince Vaughn. Was yes, in the movie. Vince Vaughn is in the movie. Yep, he's one of like the he's he's one of the you know like starting football players at Notre Dame. Yep. Oh. Yeah. You learned something. He played the goalpost. <laughs> <laughs>
Let's, uh, you guys ready to jump into good? I don't know. This episode, 30 minutes in, we've done nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've entertained a single soul yet. <laughs> we've definitely established no boundaries. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let's jump into good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop. Bad Pop! Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things of the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, real quick, couple things that I've been uh, watching here, real quick on my own. Uh, Sixty Days In is back. I think it's season seven. I'm like through all five episodes that have been released. I love this show. If you haven't watched it, it's on A and E, and they take people and they put them in prison. Uh, they put them in a jail for sixty days, and then they spy on the you know people running the jail and the inmates and try to catch them and like what they're trying to do in the jail. And uh, report back to the uh, the guy who's running it and let them know how his jail is being run and what they're doing wrong and what they need to do to improve it. And this season is absolutely fucking insane, just like all the other ones. I remember it was like, I think it was like season four or five. One of the girls that went in, she ended up like starting to date and have sex with one of like the inmates there. It's fucking crazy. Damn. Yeah, fucking nuts, Wayne. <laughs> Sounds like some orange is the new black shit. Uh. So I want... I would, so 60 Days In, Season 7, check it out if you're into that shit. Anyway, uh, I did see Clerks 3 in the theater this week. Um, I'm a huge fan of Kevin Smith, and I... Love and like most of his movies, and then there's a select few that I just didn't really enjoy. But I saw Clerks three, and uh, this was completely rewritten. Uh, he had a different story for this one altogether uh, years ago, and uh, it actually was. I think they they took that original script and they he had a bunch of his friends get on stage and do like a live reading of it, and then after his heart attack, he completely rewrote it and kind of worked his heart attack into the story where at the beginning of the new clerks movie randall has a heart attack and then randall is like you know i've done nothing with my life i've always wanted to direct a movie i used to work at the video store i've watched tons of movies and basically goes on like that kevin smith road himself and gets him and his friends involved into so it's very meta it's like You've got Randall making the Clerks movie, which is exactly what Kevin Smith did. So um, I think that we are so deep into Clerks and Kevin Smith is so deep into into doing he, – he's totally like rebranded himself as a podcaster and he's he's changed a lot. I think that in order for you to really fully enjoy – Clerks 3, you have to really be fully invested in the Kevin Smith 
movies and in his podcasting at this point because there's a lot of inside jokes and things like that. And there's a lot of cameos by people that appear on podcasts with him, like Mark Bernardin. And then, of course, like Ralph Garman was in this one. And so uh, I'm not saying that you won't enjoy it. If you love the first two Clerks movies, I think you will get some enjoyment out of this one. But I think you'll enjoy it more if you're if you, you I think you have to be a very big Kevin Smith fan to love this one. Uh, I personally loved it. And I thought Brian O'Halloran put on an amazing performance in this movie. Um, very, very good. But um, I think we're so deep in the Kevin Smith stuff now that you really have had to have followed him over the years to really have an understanding. Because like, it even gets into like his emergency operation that they had, that they performed in this for Randall's heart attack was the same way he described the operation on his podcasts that he would do where they, you know, they, they entered through like the groin and did the operation there. And he like, I mean, he's pulling from some like personal stuff, but also making a ton of jokes about it. But I loved it. And so I'm going to be, it's a very biased rating because I loved it because I do follow everything Kevin Smith. So I Tupperware it, but I do think that a lot of people, if you're just a casual Kevin Smith fan, or if you're just a fan of Clerks and you haven't liked anything since, you're probably not going to like this one. So take my rating with a grain, a huge grain of salt for you non-Kevin Smith fans. But I'm glad that I did see it. So, And I had a great crowd. It was uh, a lot of people there and a lot of Kevin Smith fans. So, um, yeah, Clerks 3. Does Clerks 3 have like a, a, a surname? No, nothing like that. I think it's okay. just just strictly Clerks 3. Yeah. Um, did you enjoy this more than the Jay and Silent Bob reboot? Honestly, that's another one that a lot of people did not like. And then me being the guy that I am listening to all his podcasts and stuff, I fucking loved it. Yeah, I was the same way. Like, it, I, I listened to, you know, uh, uh, was it Fat Man Beyond? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so so watching that, yeah, I, I totally get what you mean. Like, there's a lot of inside jokes and some of the like the, the people that are on his show, you, like, you won't recognize unless, yeah, you listen. But that's that's being a Kevin Smith fan for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, I've also been watching Cobra Kai season five. I am through half of the season. So, Wayne, I know that you just started the series. Like, how far did you get with Cobra Kai? Oh, yes, I have sensei. I am. Uh, <laughs> I made it all the way to only the first episode of the season of five, but the fact that like I jumped in there right away and I was just hooked all week long. It's awesome. And I was just karate kicking my way through fucking seasons and episodes, you know, all day long walking around in the house with my tablet. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, you want to go first? I mean, what do you think so far? You've seen more than I have. I mean, I'm through one episode. I'm through five episodes and I'm loving it. Like there there was a point, I think, in season two where it just got really ridiculous for me. But now that I'm now now that now that I have kind of like I just understand what the show is now and that it is going Mm -hmm. to do that. I've kind of like thrown all that out the window and I'm just like embracing it for what it is. And. I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving season five. Like there is a, you know, um, Miguel and 
and what's the other kid, Robbie, are not getting along. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And so, you know, they uh what's his name? Billy? Oh my god, I can't believe it. I'm blanking. As soon as we hit record, as soon as soon as we get off this podcast, I'll remember I'll remember his name. It's like I hit a fucking wall every time I hit this record button. <laughs> Johnny Lawrence. Jesus Christ, Wayne. I can't remember his fucking name. <laughs> Johnny is like trying to get Miguel and like Robbie to to be friends again and he gets them in his apartment and he sets up he sets up an escape room that they have to figure out together and it's it's young guns 2 themed everything is that's what i love about the show is there's so many 80s like movie references and, and just music uh they play throughout the show um i i was really worried like because going through like the seasons and just back to back i was like oh man i hope they don't run out of like member berries here like because that's totally how I felt the first season, like going in, was like, oh man, I remember this and this. And I love how they were able to go to flashbacks to the movie. So, you know, if it's been a while since you've seen some of them, I mean, they take you back. And it's just crazy how much story they were able to bring out of just those three movies alone. You know, you think that the franchise, you know, would have been dead after that. Yeah. But uh, it's just so much meat to chew. And like with all these these characters, like all these kids, um, uh, I, I got so invested in so so many of these characters. Uh, like the series as a whole is a, is a Tupperware for me. And I and and if season five just keeps the momentum that all those other seasons did, then I, you know I'm not I'm not really worried. But it seems like it has because I'm right after this, I'm probably gonna go right back to finishing the season because I'm just so like into it right now it's just so damn good uh i i love i mean there's just so much to cover but uh, uh i love how johnny is so out of touch with technology yes uh, it yes just, it just gets me every time how he he learned to work the facebook and uh he calls google go- he calls google goggle you know <laughs> yeah it's just how this facebook <laughs> class is working out for you oh, pretty well pretty well you know uh it's just so funny just how out of touch he is with technology you know just the well, whole uh man don't want to work phone you know like <laughs> this season he's doing gig work so he's doing like doordash and like uber driving and stuff for like extra money and oh, he man. is just getting one starred by everyone <laughs> they're just giving him one stars because he's he's yelling at people in the car he's delivering cold food it's fucking hilarious Oh, yeah. I mean, like, right off the bat, when I saw how, I, you know, this was going to be the show, um, the way he was, like, just treating the kids and, and just the language in the show, I was like, hey, I'm going to like this show. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not very often you see somebody go calling another kid a pussy, and then you're like, yeah, that's fucking funny. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just it's just funny the way he insults some of these kids, but, like, the, the, the way they've changed, though, throughout the seasons. Yeah. And these kids have grown, and, and you know... I, We've seen people switching dojos here, switching dojos there in, in the previous seasons. But uh, at the end, it all kind of makes sense where people end up. And you, you, when those certain students end up in that dojo, you're like, you know what? Like, I think this is the dojo you belong in. Yeah. I, I totally don't think where you were previously was the right one for you. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to, to finish out this season. Yeah. Did, did, oh, go ahead. There, when did they leave YouTube? Was it... 
after season two? It was after season two, and then it went uh, it went to Netflix, and then they started doing. Yeah, that's when most people started watching this. They just they drop both seasons of Cobra Kai on Netflix, and the show just blows up. It's like it, it felt like nobody had seen this thing on YouTube. And, uh, I mean, that was probably one of the best things Netflix ever did was reviving that show. Yeah, because I heard, you know, at, at the time, there, you know, I, I always had it on my watch list. And I just never got around to it. But I remember hearing at a certain point, we didn't think we were even going to get a season three. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad it was picked up and it's become as popular as it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I heard rumors today. I, I don't know if they're true, but there was talks of them. Because of the show being so successful of reviving a movie. We're talking about that uh, in news today. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, no, yeah. Uh, well, it's, but, it's coming I mean, up like, in news. My my opinion is like, if I mean, we tried the whole reboot before, and it didn't seem to really get as popular. Um, but I, I don't think it's needed. Like, everything that I wanted, member Barry-wise, was all given to me here. Like old, old people, villains or, or opponents, I should say, from other movies brought back and even small characters, characters I didn't even think they would ever bring back. Like uh, a child who was rescued in a hurricane in, in, in the second movie. Like mm-hmm. I was like, really? Like they bring back everybody. Right. So I what what can you give me out of a movie that Cobra Kai, the show hasn't given me already? Well, we, it was a news story. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I was just venting about it. It was bothering me because I'm just so excited about this show. Yeah. It's like, I, I was like, movie, like, no, I'm not on board. Like, I'm happy right with this. All right. I'm just going to bring up the news story because Wayne is just rambling about it. So let's just, <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. Hold on. Anyway. <laughs> It's, yeah, hold on. Here, this is what you want, Wayne. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a little bit of news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. All right, now we can officially talk about this, Wayne. Uh, news coming from comingsoon.net. Sony announces new Karate Kid film. Sets 20... We, we just weren't moving on from it, Jake. And I was just like, if he's going to keep talking about it, we're just going to bring it up now. We're just going to do it now. I, I, I noticed. I was waiting for the gander. <laughs> it was like... I was like, ah, me, oh, he's going to shut up and we're going to continue to talk about Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai Season 5. But he's still going. He's still going. Oh, my God. This kid's still going. He's like Rudy in that goddamn... In those, in those practices. <laughs> he just... <laughs> this kid won't quit. Um... Sony announces new Karate Kid film sets 2024 release date. Sony Pictures has revealed that they will be making a brand new film in the Karate Kid uh, franchise, which is currently slated to release theatrically on June 7th of 2024. Uh, the film is described as the, quote, return of the original Karate Kid franchise to theaters, marking the upcoming movies movie as the first theatrical theatrical theatrically god damn it i can't speak theatrically jake say that word theatrically thank you theatrically released uh karate kid picture since 2010's reboot that starred jaden smith and jackie chan i am just angry this episode jake because i can't get words out um does this sound what does this sound like to you jake uh does it sound like they're saying as the return of the original karate kid franchise is this a reboot or is this a movie. Yeah, is, Go ahead. It's a weird story because, like, 
we know Cobra Kai exists, and that feels like the continuation of the original movies. So I don't know what this could be other than a reboot, but I don't see how this reboot is held up on a higher pedestal than previous reboots. If it, at the end of the day, it's still a reboot. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand the phrasing of return of the original Karate Kid franchise. What do they need? Yeah. What do they mean by original? Because when I think of original, I think of, you know, the Ralph Macchio movie. How is I don't understand. I don't understand the phrasing there is what I'm saying. It's very weird. Is it are, are they teasing a reboot here or are they teasing a movie set within the Cobra Kai world? Do you yeah, see if that was the case? Wouldn't they just say they're going to do a Cobra Kai movie? Like if Cobra Kai didn't exist and I read this news story, I would assume Ralph Macchio was coming back. Yes. Yes. But it does exist. So yeah. I don't know what the fuck to assume from this news. I don't understand it either. I mean, if it's a reboot, I think that they are just kind of. I mean, guys, we're getting a fucking Roadhouse reboot, so, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. It's like maybe they're just wanting to capitalize now on the popularity of Cobra Kai, and... Yeah, Hillary Swank's coming back. I think that's one... I, I was actually talking to somebody about that. I was like, man, they've been able to get everybody back, because like in this season, they got the actor that played Mike Barnes from Karate Kid 3 to come back, as well as... Um, Robin Lively, who was the girl that was in the movie with Ralph Macchio at the time. Um, Robin Lively, who's actually um, Blake Lively's half-sister, older half-sister. Um, she also starred in the movie Teen Witch, which is a classic. I've right? never seen Teen Witch. Really? Never seen it. Yeah, never seen Pretty Teen cool. Witch. I know, it's like, I I was actually looking at her IMDb because I was like... Uh, watching Cobra Kai, she showed up and I was like, oh my God, you know, so I looked at her IMDb and I saw Teen Witch, never had seen it. And a lot of people loved it. So anyway, <laughs> um, you don't think Hillary Swank would come back? Is that what you were saying? Yes. A hundred percent. I, I, I don't think that she would come back. Uh, and if she did, it would be a very small cameo. Yeah. She doesn't do much these days. I mean, she did uh, a voice in Bojack Horseman. Hmm. I mean, I guess so. I don't know. She was, she was a big deal though at one time with the million dollar baby and the oh, with the million dollar baby. Yeah. yeah, I I think her peak has been it's been a long time. Yeah, maybe she might come back. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I just don't understand the phrasing of the return of the original Karate Kid franchise. So yeah, it makes zero sense. Yeah. So I'm loving I'm loving Cobra Kai season five. I think it's fantastic. But uh, yeah, I'm super impressed that Wayne got through all four seasons in an episode in in the matter of a week. That's amazing. <laughs> that is insane. You you blazed through those episodes, man. It, it's a fun show. It's easy to watch. Oh yeah, a lot of time spent. <laughs> all it right, worth it. It was such a good show. Let's let's. Uh, Let's get back into good pop, bad pop. It's time for more. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I had to I mute like, my laughter when the uh, news bumper came on. <laughs> I was just like, still gonna play it? I was just like, fuck it. We're in news now. We're in news. <laughs> we're fucking in news. Wayne won't shut up. He's still talking about it. <laughs> 
Hey, I'm fucking with you, Wayne. Oh, boy. Wayne, I, you want a free copy of Confess Fletch? I'm kidding. Why? I'm kidding. <laughs> Help you celebrate Batman Day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the two go hand in hand, don't they, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm loving. I'm loving it. Let's talk about the next thing on the list. Um, hopefully, this doesn't tie into any future news stories. <laughs> Sorry, guys. The new section this week is done. Wayne has knocked them all out. <laughs> Wayne is treating the new section like it's Battleship, you know? <laughs> Wayne, you sunk my news story. Uh, I'm fucking... It's no big deal. I don't care. <laughs> that Karate Kid story, that was like the tiny boat, too, right? That's really impressive to hit the tiny boat first. <laughs> Yeah, it is the tiny boat on the board. Yeah, it's 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 hard hitting that tiny boat. How many's on that fucker? Like three? Two, right? It's two on the tiny boat. I think so. I haven't played Battleship in a long time. What movie were they were, were they playing Battleships? What movie was that? Was that an Austin Powers oh, movie? Battleship. No, that's uh, Harold and Kumar. Harold and Kumar with the two girls playing battleships. Am I crazy? Ooh. That's they also play Battleship on 1995 Batman Forever with the Riddler and Two Face. You are uh, not. You're, you're not following this conversation. Battleships. We're talking about battleships. S H I T like poop. Battleships. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there goes my battleship story and news section, Jake. <laughs> I googled battleships and uh, it popped up battleships rules. I didn't know there was official rules for battleships. Hold on, let's see if I can. <laughs> <laughs> it is Harold and Kumar, by the way. It is Harold and Kumar. <laughs> Hold on. Hey, Clarissa, do you want to play battleships? Oh my god. <laughs> We haven't played that since back at camp. I know, I know, I know. Wait for it. <laughs> oh, hit. <laughs> Skag, you saved my destroyer. Fuck. <laughs> 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 and that about sums up this episode. <laughs> Let's talk about Kitty Kai on Discovery Plus. What, Jake? What's going on, man? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm still laughing at the audio. <laughs> Battle shits. I thought that was one of the funniest parts of the movie. It was great. Oh, I, I, my, I love Harold and Kumar t- uh, too. Was fucking, I agree. It's better than the first one. It's so fucking good. Oh, my God. Anyway. I can't even remember what it's called. Uh, the first one's White Castle. What's Escape, the called? Escape from Gu- Guantanamo Bay? Uh, that might be right. So. Yeah. The third one's like a Christmas one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, third one's Christmas-themed. This episode is good, isn't it, Jake? We're doing a good job. This episode is battle shits. <laughs> <laughs> 
let's talk about Kitty Kai on Discovery Plus. Uh, yeah. I didn't even write down a synopsis for this one. Oh, did I not? I swear I, got, I, I did. You. Thank Set you. Set in the Black Belt Byway, a region of the southeast United States with dojos on nearly every corner, it follows martial arts rivals as they bring their dojos to epic showdowns to create the next generation of champions. Jake, I wrote that down as the synopsis for Clorox 3. <laughs> <laughs> I am a hot mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, this show is about uh, martial arts uh, instructors and their students. And uh, the uh, it's a very – it's in the South and uh, they're very competitive as far as like um, uh, these tournaments and – and so basically a lot of it comes down to like these martial arts instructors with their kids having that pitting them against each other. And then it's a lot of like trophies and medals and bragging rights between these three martial arts instructors in this martial arts dick measuring contest that they've got going on. And so you've got, uh, uh, what is it? Jeff McGregor, who's one of the instructors, uh, this guy Kinchin and, um, this guy, Mark Williams, who has a dojo called Shaolin. And then one of their heroes, a martial arts legend in the tournament circuit, uh, John Chung opens his own martial arts, uh, dojo and, um, makes things a little bit more interesting for everybody. Um, and so you get to know the kids that they're instructing, you get to know the teachers and, you know, I think a lot of it, of course, you've got the producers kind of like handling, I think, basically trying to create a story here. Uh, I, 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 I enjoy the kids a lot more than I enjoy some of the instructors. Um, it's, yes. it's, uh, I do think that some of the instructors are coming down a little hard on them, but, some of the parents allow it. They're like, you know, my kid doesn't focus, blah, blah, blah. And they're asking them to do this. But at the end of the day, it doesn't seem like the kids are, some of the kids are having fun here. I'm all for being competitive and I'm all for, I'm all for, um, uh, being focused and learning and trying to teach these kids. And I think that some of the instructors are going about it in the right way and some are going about it in the wrong way and a little bit too, a little bit too firm and too, I don't know. It's not, not totally cruel, but I just don't know how I would be in this class and have fun with like that Mark Williams guy from Shaolin. He just seems very overbearing. Um, the Sifu guy? Yes, that guy. Yeah, I could not stand Sifu. Yeah. But um, I, I, I do enjoy the kids. I do enjoy the kids. I think uh, episode two, they got to that girl, Olivia. And I think that she is just a sweet little girl. And um, and and uh, she's like talking about her teddy bear. And she goes, this is Teddy. He's a black belt. They just gave it to him. He's so awesome. He just walked into <laughs> class and he was so good that they just gave him a black belt. She goes, and she's sitting with her dad and she looks like her dad. They just look like he just she just looks like a mini version of her dad. And she's like, and Teddy is Christian. His dad, her dad just starts cracking up. He's like, what are you talking about? And then she goes, and he's bisexual. 
And then like all the producers start laughing because like this little girl is saying this and she's just saying it like, you know, like I'm telling you about my teddy bear. And she talks about how like, you know, she's kind of like not popular, kind of like one of the nerds. And like, this is what she loves to do. And she's just a sweet little girl. And I, I just uh, really enjoyed watching her um, on this show. And so like, I'm giving it a taste it for the kids because I think some of the kids are just super sweet and have, you know, really, really sweet souls. I think she's just a really sweet kid. And so, um, that's what I like. I, 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 I don't know how, if these instructors are really like this, if you went to one of their classes or if this is just the show and they're doing it for the show. Uh, because you got to understand that a lot of this is definitely going to be drawing some, um, business their way. So I don't know if it's, if some of this is just for the show or not, but I can only, I can only rate this on the show itself. So I like the kids enough to give it a taste it. But, uh, and I think I'm through like two and a half episodes. I just started the third, but, um, yeah, it's a taste it for me. Jake, what did you think about Kitty Kai? Yeah, it's a low taste it for me. I didn't care too much for it. I thought it seemed way too overproduced and phony baloney. I, I had a hard time buying a lot of the narratives were actually legit, you know, like when, uh, when John Chung walks in and everyone's like, Oh my God, what's he doing here? It's like the whole thing just seems so set up. I'm pretty confident. They all knew what was going on. I, oh, they know they, they a hundred percent knew. It just had a little bit of an air of dishonesty that I, I didn't appreciate. I wish it was a bit more transparent and, and honest with me about what's going on. Um, I'm going to give it a low taste it, though, because honestly, are you going to watch this whole thing, Ryan? I don't know if it was something that I, I mean, it might be something that I throw on late at night um, if I get bored. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm 50-50 on that, man. I, I might watch more. Well, when I finished the first episode, I did realize that I did want to know at the end of the day which of these four schools was going to come out on top. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to know so much that I was going to watch more episodes, but I, if I could Google it or someone could tell me, I am very fascinated on who the, the winner eventually is. And that yeah. kept it from being a toss-it. The fact that I thought about future episodes and was curious about the outcome – kept it from being a toss-it for me but yeah I, I did not like most of the instructors i thought um jeff mcgregor was easily the most likable yes, one and, yes and the others were were kind of very shitty yeah i i like jeff as well i was i was a fan of jeff by the third episode he's he's uh he's he's a good guy i think and uh um very level-headed i, I don't think he puts the same amount of pressure on these kids that the other ones do um, and yeah, Sifu was my least favorite. I, I found him to be almost like an overbearing soccer mom type of coach. John Chung, the way he talks to his son, because he was a champion when he was younger, and he's always saying kind of like negative things to his son. He starts off by saying something positive like, oh, you won today and you did the same. You 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 played the same music that I did when I did my kata. Uh, and I brought down the house. Well, you won today. You didn't bring down the house like I did, but you won today. He'll say stuff like that. And it's just like these little things chipping away at his son's like confidence. And it's just like that kind of shit drove me fucking crazy with that guy, like his ego and the way he talks down to his kid. 
just fucking drove me crazy. It made me sad for the kid. So yeah, um, it was bizarre. I actually, when he was introduced, I thought, oh, this is going to be the one. This is going to be the the class act guy. And I was like, oh no, this guy's a shithead too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Stephanie, did you get to watch any of Kitty Kai? I did. I watched the first episode, and the within the first ten minutes, I was like, "This is Dance Moms, but with karate." Mm, great comparison. And, and it it had that feel almost to a T. Um, it's you know competing karate like dojos, and instead of competing dance studios, there is an overbearing instructor who is often mean and cruel to the kids to get them to do their best. And she's competing with another dance. The, I, I, it was the parallels were kind of uncanny. To They've, me. They're probably um, looking at the popularity of that other show and saying, "How can we replicate that with this?" Absolutely, and capitalize yeah. on this on the popularity of Cobra Kai, and we're going to have this <laughs> show premiere within weeks of Cobra Kai. Oh, absolutely! I could see that. The kids from Dance Moms and the moms went on to be famous. We're breaking in millions of dollars from appearances. Jojo Siwa was on it. Like all of these people came from Dance Mom. I can see the format mm-hmm. replicating the format to try to have the same outcome. I agree. Cobra Kai is a popular show. Ride the coattails of that and see where it takes you. Um, some of the instructors felt over the top in a way to try to keep them on TV, if that makes sense. No, 100%. Um, yeah. Um, and so that was a little bit bothersome. Not that you can't be um, in a, like a, an aggressive and forceful and almost, you know, like instructor. But sometimes it feels like you're just doing it because, you know, the camera's there. I don't think like um, I think that these kids it's I, I don't think they're Olympic level. Right. Olymp- like, you know what I mean? Right. I, I, I think like this is just like a hobby and it should just be treated as a pastime. And I think that they're coming down a little too hard on kids that are just playing that are just there to learn self-defense and compete against each other and have a good time right yeah absolutely for a lot of these kids not a lot but for some of it felt like it was a way for them to express themselves as something they enjoy outside of school and home that they can be good at and learn to do better and gain like you said gain self-confidence and self and self-defense it's not these we're not going to see these kids in london 2024 or whatever so Let's just take it down a notch. And I think the instructors have a different view of what the outcome will look like than the kids do. Um, and I, I'm interested, actually, to see how much more involved the parents get, because um, I feel like that's a dynamic, too, to explore. I didn't rate yet. I'm going to give this a low taste it, but fully invested enough to finish the season. Yeah, that's interesting. This kind of stuff pulls me in. Yeah, my my taste, it comes from the authenticity of the kids and. I mean, because everything else is pretty much set up. I listen to podcasts where I, where, you know, some of the guys have been on one of these kind of like reality shows where they do this stuff. I know for a fact that they know about everything. And it's one of those like pawn shows. It's like, I know for a fact that they know about every person that's coming up to that counter. They know what they're going to be looking at. They don't know it off the, t- they've already done the history because they vetted all these potential people that are coming in there with whatever they're bringing in. I know how this all works and they do the exact same shit with these kind of shows. They know they knew John Chung was going to come in that day. They know all this stuff. They've got it mapped out. So, yeah. 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 What'd you think, Wayne? 
Honestly, um, coming right off of Cobra Kai, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I've only saw the first episode, though. Um, I mean, it could gradually change throughout. I wasn't aware that it was like a, a series. Like, I think, was it four episodes? Four episodes um, are out right now. Yeah, it drops yeah I, so I thought when I saw the trailer, I'm like, OK, this is just going to be one long documentary. So when I logged in and I saw there was more episodes to it, I kind of was interested in like, OK, so the story's going to drag out a lot longer. There's a lot more meat to this story. Um, I also I, there's another documentary I felt the same way was uh, the Tiger King. I thought it was going to be just a one and off thing. And then here was just episodes of, of stuff. Um, but I think coming off of, like I said, Cobra Kai made me like excited for this and that that's exactly what i saw is like oh these guys are are all they're all going to be doing a tournament and all four of these instructors are all about bragging rights and and you get to see each uh dojo how they they train and and all of them are very different like uh, sifu his, his, his kids or i guess i should say students use like swords and weapons and stuff and like i didn't see that with any other dojos really using those kind of weapons and, and techniques and and Kenjin's uh dojo they had a lot of families involved like a whole f- they showed like a whole family was involved at one point like oh my mother and my father and me were, were all black belts you know um and, and then uh I, I agree like I liked the McGregor uh his team down in in Danville Virginia was it Virginia I think it was um they're they're really old school with the way they run things but like like Steph said, they they got let up on some of these kids. They seem really harsh on these kids. Um, so I'm kind of interested. I am going to revisit it. I definitely want to see how this turns out. And, and like Jake said, I kind of want to see who wins this out of these four. I don't know too much about John Chung, the seven time champion. I you know I really don't know too much about it, but uh, about him. But I'm interested and I want to know more. So, yeah, I definitely want to see where this goes. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Kitty Kai. It's on uh, Discovery Plus. If you're interested in that, check it out. Next thing I want to talk about is uh, a movie that I saw in the theater this week, and it's dominating the box office this week. I think it's going to take the box office. Uh, I know Stephanie got to see it. uh, The Woman King. Wayne, did you get a chance to see this? I did not. Okay, Stephanie, uh, uh, let's see. A historical epic that is based in alternate history of the Kingdom of Dahomey, one of the most powerful states of Africa in the 18th and 19th centuries. The Woman King is the remarkable story of the uh, Agoji, the all-female unit of warriors who protected the African Kingdom of Dahomey in the 1800s with skills and a fierceness unlike anything the world has ever seen. Uh, The Woman King follows the emotionally epic journey of General Naniska, uh, as she trains the next generation of recruits and readies them for battle against an enemy determined to destroy their way of life. Some things are worth fighting for. It's directed by Gina Prince Bythewood and written by Dana Stevens based on a story she wrote with Maria Bello. And uh, it's got uh, Viola, uh, Viola Davis as uh, General Niska, Duso Mibidu as Nawi, and uh, Lashana Lynch plays Izogi. Also, John Boyega plays the king in this movie. And, um, yeah, Stephanie, what did you think about The Woman King? Total Tupperware. It was so good. I don't want to give anything away because it just came out. But it is... Viola Davis is a badass in a way I didn't know I could see her be. Um, 
This movie hits on so many notes. There, you're sad, you're angry. Um, there's a beauty in the landscape of the village. Um, there is historical information. There are conflicts you didn't really see kind of arising from the beginning of the movie, you know, when you're, when the movie first starts. It is so good. And I also want to state these women are like, you think of like the Dormilaje from like Wakanda, which is not a real place. I get it. But in a, like they're showing these women in battle, dying, scars, the brutality of the fighting that they do is mesmerizing. And something else I want to notice too is like they don't wear armor. So they're just out there fighting with like their arms out and like their legs out. Like there is just a fearlessness in this movie I cannot describe. I give it the ultimate Tupperware. I thought it was amazing. And I think if you do go to see it, please go try to go see it in the theater because I think the screen does it justice. Absolutely. Yeah, I saw this in IMAX, Stephanie. Oh, lucky you. Yeah, I was like, oh, wow, they have an IMAX showing? Okay, let's do this. You know, I love Viola Davis, um, and I wanted to, to, to see this movie, to see... You know, I was curious because the the trailers, every time I saw it before a movie, I was like, this looks like it's going to be very, very good. And I was not disappointed. I thought I thought it was fantastic. Like I the only I guess my only complaint, Stephanie, is I do feel like I do wish I would have get this. I, w- I would have seen more of them fighting because I felt like we saw a lot of it at the beginning and then a lot at the end. And I and there's a, like a, a lot of like the middle was kind of like story and stuff like that, which I think was important. But man, the way that they were fighting at the beginning, I was just like, holy shit, mm. if I can get a whole movie of this, I'm so here. <laughs> I'm so here. But there's um, also a part of the story. There's an inter- I'm not going to give anything away, but the interpersonal relationship between Viola Dace and somebody else. There's a there's a bit of a reveal in the movie. I didn't need that. The movie felt like it stood on its own. I didn't need that little bit of thing that I'm talking about. I don't know if you you know what I mean, but I didn't need that. The movie in my just the, the major conflict with the kingdoms alone was enough for me. Oh, uh, it was John Boyega was. I mean, I I. I as the king, I thought he was fantastic. It was nice just to see him in this movie doing, uh, yes. taking that role. Um, the, his, one of his, how many wives did he have? Did he have multiple wives? Yeah, I think all the women that were in the room at the end, when he, yeah, I think, I guess multiple, I want to say there was at least 10, but there was the one main wife. Yeah, she drove me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like her. (laughs) I did not like her, but I loved this movie. It was, it was fantastic. I mean, it's, you've, you've basically, you've got a new king and you've got these two other tribes that are basically trying to take out his, his kingdom. And he is, and, and, and he's allowed these tribes to take some of his people and then put them into the slave trade uh, the, the the previous king had. And so now he's trying to put a stop to that. And um, I mean, I, it was I, what I love about this movie so much is the fact that it gives you what you want. You get to see fucking, I'm talking about badass 
I'm talking just badass, fierce black women warriors kicking the shit out of slave traders. <laughs> and like that. It was the best. <laughs> it was the best. It is. It's one of those. It's like it, it's fist pumping shit. And, you know, my audience, my audience, I, I think there were maybe about, you know, 15 people in the audience. And because I went to an earlier show. But man, people were really getting into this movie. And there's moments of comedy. Um, I like the girl that you follow. I thought she was fantastic. I did not think she looked 19. She looked like she was 14. She looks so young. Yeah. She did. <laughs> yeah. And I liked her relationship with Lizana, uh, Lashana Lynch's character of Azogi. And I loved Azogi. I thought she was great. Who is the really tall, thin woman who looks like Grace Jones? Oh. Yes, the one who was like Viola Davis's like right hand. Yes. Oh, uh, what? I don't know. I've seen her in some other shit. I love her. Oh. She was good. She was good. I just, she was good. You've got it. If yeah, if there's really nothing out in the theater right now, unless you're gonna go see the uh, the X prequel Pearl, um, but. I would highly recommend seeing this one when it's in theaters. And yeah, definitely. Stephanie said, watch it on the big screen. Watch this one on the big screen. It is, it is fantastic. Um, beautiful scenery, like you said. And, um, yeah, Viola Davis puts on a fucking clinic here with this one. I mean, yeah, yeah she, she put some work in for this one. She definitely put some work yeah. in for this one. You could tell. And yeah, I was impressed. I was impressed. So Tupperware, Tupperware, this movie, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I'll definitely, I'll definitely be seeing this one once it comes out again. So, excellent, it was good. Uh, good night, mommy. This hit Prime Video, uh, and uh, twin brothers arrive at their mother's country home to discover her face covered in bandages. The result, she explains, of recent com- uh, of recent cosmetic surgery. As her behavior grows increasingly erratic and unusual. However, a horrifying thought takes root in the boys' minds, the sinking suspicion that the woman beneath the gauze isn't their mother at all. Goodnight Mommy is a psychological horror film directed by Matt Sobel and written by Kyle Warnin, serving as a remake of the 2014 Austrian film of the same name, and it stars Naomi Watts with Cameron and Nicholas Cravetti. One of those kids is Homelander's son, in the boys, I don't know which one it is, Cameron That's or Nicholas. That's where I saw him from. I was trying to think of it the whole time where I seen this fucking kid from. Yeah, mm-hmm. this, I recognized him both from Big Little Lies. And uh, yeah, uh, Good Night, Mommy. Um, Jake, I'll start with you. What did you think about Good Night, Mommy? I'm gonna give Good Night, Mommy a right in the middle. Taste it. Um, I, it was very, very watchable. Um, uh, the tension was definitely decent. Um, just nothing I ever, I ever need to watch again. Um, the kids were, were good. I thought the acting was very, very well done. Um, in a movie like this, if the child actors don't bring it, I, I instantly check out. So that, that definitely wasn't a problem here, but yeah, I don't know. This movie doesn't really reinvent the wheel in any way. It was just a, a fun 90 minute popcorn thriller it was for what it was it was it was okay yeah i'm with you it's a taste it for me i just kind of it like you said it doesn't reinvent the wheel here um i thought the performances were fine but i thought it was 
I thought I knew what was going on the entire movie, and it turns out that I was right. So it didn't really blow me away in that regard. So I don't know. I It's nothing that I would watch again. I thought that Naomi Watts was fine. Um, it is it, it is this it's this weird kind of like you're trying to figure out what is going on. Like you get it starts with this video of the mom. So there, somebody's watching a video and it's the mom with the, her two twin boys and getting them ready for bed and singing them a, um, a song. Uh, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine. But she would say sunshines because it's the twin boys and she loves her boys putting them to bed and then jump to our story where the mother and the father are now divorced or separated. And so the father is taking them to stay with their mother out in the country and they get there and she's acting very different. She's very, um, she's very short with them. She doesn't want them to, um, be, be together. She's, she's wearing this mask. They don't even know if it's her. They think that they think at one time, like, is this, is this our mother? They don't know. And like, that's one of the things you're asking yourself, like, is this even their mother? This woman is acting like she doesn't love them at all and and treating them horribly. And there, there's there, there's even moments of what are close to like torture in this movie is what she's putting these these boys through. And so <laughs> she's like waterboards that kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you're you're you're, you're just kind of like wondering, like, what is going on here? What what the hell is, is this woman, their mother? What is going? Why is she changed? Is, is, is there some sort of like mental trauma that's happened to her? Uh, I will give it a taste. It it's middle of the road taste. It it was fine. Just didn't reinvent the wheel for me. Wayne, what did you think about Good Night, Mommy? Yeah, I I give it a low taste. It I I didn't I didn't really like you guys said the acting was fine. Um, just like you, like within like the first couple minutes, I kind of knew where this was going. Um, I there was like a few times where I I thought it was taking like a hard left. And it wasn't what we thought it was, you know, the, the scene. Um, it, it, I felt like it took forever to get to any kind of scary scene. I mean, for, at least for me, it felt it, like it just took way too long. Um, I wasn't aware that there was other versions of this because um, I watched I originally watched the trailer for the 2014 version. And I was like, well, this one looks good. Like I, I, I think I kinda wanna watch that one and see the difference between the two. Um, there's you know, there's some torture scenes and like Jake said, there was some waterboarding going on. I don't know if that's the same thing that goes on in the other one, but from the trailer it looks like some we may have get some other different torture scenes in, in the other movie. Uh I, I just I don't know. It, at first, I was like, is this even supposed to be a scary movie? I mean, it seemed to me for a while, it, it seemed like the mom just wanted to be left the hell alone for the longest time. And the kid just didn't want to follow the rules. You yeah, know? Just let her just let her drink her wine and fuck around yeah. on her iPad and play Sudoku or whatever the fuck she's <laughs> yeah. doing, right? It's like, no shit. It's like mommy just wanted to be left the fuck alone. Mommy's trying maybe- to read Vanity Fair and you're fucking around. Yeah, the, this, this could have ended completely different if the sh- you know the fucking kid just would have mind his own business and just left his mom alone and followed the guidelines and the rules, you know. But nope, uh, just every rule she left, the the kid had to freaking break. And uh, what was the kid's name? A- Elias. Um, yeah. It, it bothered me that it was Elias and not Elias the whole 
It was just oh, that bothered me too, actually. Yeah, I was watching the subtitles and I was like, no, nah, that's Elias to me. So every time she said Elias, it kind of really like dug into me. And then it's Elias with two S's and one Y, but you'll never guess where the Y is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking good. But uh, yeah, and and there's just a couple of scenes I probably shouldn't have laughed. But I laughed at a couple of them. You know, the the, the waterboarding scene was hilarious. Scene. Yeah. The the throwing the <laughs> iPhone and the garbage disposal, I would have been just like I, I have it on the cloud. It doesn't matter. You know, like but uh yeah, the the water scene. Um yeah, like I said, there was a there was a scene that I guess was supposed to be scary. And yeah, it kinda like turned my skin a little bit, no no pun intended. But uh it, it then, you know, we find, we get the reveal of that and, and then that's kind of fell for me. I just didn't enjoy it. I'll probably never revisit this film ever again. Uh, I'd say it's a good once and done. So, you know, low tasted. The uh, scene that I can't like wrap my head around. And I don't understand why it was in the movie was the uh, mommy dancing and seductively in front of the mirror as the young right? boy watches. Right. Why? Bizarre. Does she like is is she trying to does she still think she's attractive and sexy and I, I think was wasn't she like a model? I, th- I think she's trying to prove to herself that she still is attractive yeah, and sexy. Right. She doubts that she is anymore. There's a lot of stuff we don't know. We don't know. We know that she's famous for something. We don't know if it's modeling or acting. We know it's that a, it's acting because she's going to send the police officer blue race. Oh, that's what she said. OK. And then but still, it seemed like a lot of plot holes because, you know, right away I was like, OK, why are you in these bandages? Uh, you know, I want to know more of why, you know. Yeah, she's uh, a big fan of that movie Dark Man. Yes. This is definitely going to be the Halloween costume of 2022, right? The Naomi Watts face mask. I was thinking it would be a cool <laughs> cosplay, you know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm good night, mommy. Um <laughs> Wayne, your 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 audio is cutting in and out. It goes low to high. You might want to check your connection over there, buddy. Um, Stephanie, what did you think about Goodnight Mommy? Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yes. So I'm going to give this a taste it only because I feel kind of like an idiot. I get the – I thought I got the ending, but there's some questions in the middle I still don't have answered. Are we like – not spoiling this can i ask them it just came out on the 16th so we're not uh, spoiling it so i want to ask the same question you do as soon as we go to break Stephanie. okay perfect 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 yeah i'm gonna i feel like there's some there's some things like i feel like they make a big deal out of and then they never resolve them and i feel like the ending it has a reveal but i don't generally the reveal makes sense but there's some if you peel it back a little bit i don't think i understand mm. nice I, pun um i thought the movie was fine like yeah it was it it is what it is i don't think i ever need to watch it again i think naomi watts is fine um i mean i don't think they really i thought i thought the kids were great the kids i thought they were great (laughs) and (laughs) i'm trying to choose my words very carefully i thought the kids were great you love Um, to spoil shit stephanie it's it's i gotta watch you (laughs) You, uh, for the listeners you you know i was the one who had a talking to before the episode started no you both did you both did 
You, because you were you were mega late, Wayne. You were late, Wayne. Talking you were late. Stephanie by... got to. <laughs> Stephanie got the talk no too. Just so listeners know that before we hit the record button, Stephanie arrived first. Wayne was about ten minutes late, but Stephanie arrived first, and I, I said, Stephanie, you, we can talk about stuff, we can talk about plot points, but we can't spoil these movies. And Stephanie, I guarantee, you, like in Stephanie's notes, it's all spoilers. It's like it all is. yes, <laughs> Stephanie, you're. I understand you. You're on scenic cast, and you guys spoil the movies, but we can't do that here. <laughs> like, I, we want to tell people, like, should like we we want to tell people should they or should they not watch this? We want to kind of like entice them if they should. And I think if you give out the spoilers, you're doing your listeners a disservice, and you're, they're, they're just like, oh fuck, why do I even want to watch this now? I know. I know the big twist now. It's like fuck. Yeah. So okay, I don't think I gave anything away. Did I give anything away? No, but you're 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 dancing around why you can't say anything <laughs> because you want to give it away. Give it away. Give it away. You're like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> give it away. Give it away now. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. What I got you got to give a little spoiler. What I got you. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. It's good. It has points. It's, it's suspenseful. It's good. It leaves a lot of questions, though, which is why I'm going to give it just a regular, as Jake would say, middle of the road taste it, because I feel like it sets itself it, it sets itself up for some fairly large plot points that mm-hmm. it never explores. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. Oh, man, Jake, this is going to be a tough one for like <laughs> for this episode with these two. Do you think... Based on that review, anyone is going to watch this movie. No, but no, <laughs> that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that they're I, I, I think that oh, they, I'm not I'm not saying that they should be allowed to go spoiler. I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I would say I would say give it a shot. I mean, who knows? You might I, love I this. I would too. It, it's yeah, it's only 90 minutes. It's a decent enough thriller. You could definitely do worse with with your time than than Goodnight Mommy. And we'll talk about yeah. how you could do worse later. Absolutely. Oh, we'll talk about how you could do worse right now. Let's talk about Speak No Evil. And this dropped on Shudder. This was actually recommended to me uh, from Connor from over at Cinefy.com. And I love Connor. <laughs> I love you, cool man. Joke. I love you. But man, um, let me. It's a Danish family visits a Dutch family. They met on a holiday. What was supposed to be an uh, idyllic weekend start uh, slowly starts unraveling as the Danes try to stay polite in the face of unpleasantness. And uh, it's a psychological horror drama film directed by Christian Tafdrup. And Jake, I mean, let me yeah let's this is what they meet this danish family meets this dutch family on a vacation and they have a wonderful time with this family the dutch family invites them to their home and so they go to their home and things start to things start to change they start to notice things about this family and they have a son who doesn't have a tongue. This kid doesn't have a tongue. His name's Abel. He doesn't have a tongue and can't really communicate. And they bring their daughter. And I mean, there's like this awkward exchange that they have over dinner one night. Like the original dinner that they had had on vacation, the wife says that, you know, she's a vegetarian. And then she mentions that she only eats fish. And I'm thinking, 
to myself, yeah, well, you're not a vegetarian. You're a pescatarian. Why don't you call yourself a pescatarian as opposed to a vegetarian? It annoyed me. And apparently it annoyed the guy so much that he had to point it out to her. And But he did it in such a rude way. And it's little things like that that just start happening. And then he start noticing the way that they treat their son. Um, and then just how they were talking to them and, and acting around them. It starts to get to the point where they want to leave. They just want to leave. And, you know, things just kind of progress from there. And I will, without spoiling the movie, this is an absolute toss up for me because there are things in this movie that I never want to, I never wanted to see. And just, it just left me feeling gross. And um, if you're a parent of a child or children, I do not watch this. I think it's, I mean, I know what they're going for. And I mean, they're going for shocking. And it just, Jake, this just made me, I just left a bad taste in my mouth. I did not like this at all, at all. I just did not. It's an absolute toss up for me. I don't care how well it was acted. The, the, the Danish husband grow a fucking spine. You fucking pussy. Oh my oh, god! Fuck you, fuck you, Bjorn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say this movie should be called Bjorn the Puss. Bjorn the yeah. Pussy. This guy had a Bjorn fucking... the Cuck. <laughs> no shit, man. Oh my god! What a fucking pussy! I could not. I was so enraged with him this entire movie. I was. I don't know. I didn't like how I kind of. I kind of hated all three of them to be honest. I thought all three were unlikable. Um. I was pretty mad at the daughter with the whole stuffed animal incident in the middle of the movie as well. I'm just like, oh, my fucking God. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. This was a complete toss it for me as well. Um, it made me uncomfortable, not in a fun way, um, in a Ugh, I can't believe that's in my brain type of way. Um, I see what this movie was going for. Like, I get the subtle points that they were going for. It's like people will walk over you if you let them and they'll just get away with more and more and more and more. If you don't stand up for yourself, you know, it's kind of an examination of the human psyche in that way. But yeah, they, they took the metaphor way too fucking far. I, I did not care for this in the slightest. Um, ugh, it was gross, disturbing, uncomfortable, and not in like a fun midsummer way in a, ugh, I never want to see this again. Why? Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, Wayne, what did you think? Uh, definitely a toss it for me. Uh, <laughs> there, it, it, it was, I thought the, like the first like 20 minutes of this thing was very boring. Like I was ready to like toss it even earlier. Uh, and, and you know, I just didn't know where this was going exactly. And then when we, when we mentioned Bjorn being the puss, when I seen some uncomfortable moments and he's getting just walked over uh, there, just me yelling at the screen, like, you know, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? Um, because like during their, the first uncomfortable experience, I, w- I would have left, you know, where they were located. Like I, I would have just left end of movie. Yeah. Like, you know, I, obviously these people just let, uh, just anybody just walk all over them. I don't know if it's because of where they're from, because it seems like there's two different cultures here meeting. Um, I, I don't know if that was the case. It's like some are more polite than others. But uh, where this this goes, I mean, I was just like, oh, oh, OK, OK. And I was like, that's a little fucking weird. 
the conversation that they had about the McDonald's yeah. cheese Danish for about 20 minutes was fucking ridiculous, too. I like <laughs> that was actually this podcast. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Shit. Shit, Jake, you're right. That, we did that, didn't we? That wasn't this movie. But like, even I mean, there's this, there's scenes like there's the scene with the there's there's a scene where the kids are doing some dance, and there's an uncomfortable moment there. And I would have been like, well, this never would have happened because I would have fucking left during the first one, uh, which I thought was really fucking weird. Like, why would you not leave after that? I don't care who you are, like whatever. If if you like you said, if you have a kid, you might not want to watch this. Uh, uh, I, I I wish I could say something good about this, but I really can't. Um, there's some nudity in it. Definitely not good. <laughs> For they didn't skimp on the nudity. Uh, it's awful. It's god awful. It's like this this fucking movie, and I, I just yeah, skip it. If, you, if you're if you're watching a movie to see nudity, just just skip this one and just go to Pornhub, everybody. All yeah, right. When they well, when they announced like there's going to be like nudity and stuff in the beginning, you know, uh, there there was none, not until the very end. And oh yeah, stick around for the sad, end. Sad face, sad face. So it's not, none of it. It's not fun nudity. Okay. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's <laughs> it's, it's, it's dis- uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable nudity. Right? Yeah. Nobody's watching Schindler's List for the shower scenes. Should not have said that out loud. <laughs> Why am I laughing? I, you shouldn't be laughing. I know, that's the worst fucking part. I shouldn't have said it. Anyway. Ah, the podcast can only go up from here. No, 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 no. Let's take a quick break. I, I didn't think I didn't think it was distasteful. I, I thought it proved your point. Yeah, man, it's true though, right? Yeah, I don't know. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt. And the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit. That freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that PopCultureLeftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right. Hey, we are back. And yeah, I was just telling you guys, I'm getting caught. I'm still, I want to let people know I'm still watching Legacy, the true story of the LA Lakers. And if you're not watching it, it's on Hulu. It's fantastic. I think I'm through five episodes. Highly recommend it. I'm still watching it, trying to get caught up. So. Just want to let people know. Sometimes people wonder, like, you know, like, you guys talk about stuff. It's like, are you finishing it? And, 
you know, so I, you know, it's nice to check back in, let people know that I am still watching something. So that is one of those shows that it's like, I think it's just been so good and so compelling that I can't stop watching and I definitely will be finishing it. But um, let's talk about something that just started this week on Peacock, uh, Last Light, starring Matthew Fox. Wasn't Matt, wasn't he a, the Party of Five guy? Yeah, he was in yeah. Lost as well. Okay, yeah. Petrochemist Andy Yeats knows how to how dependent the world is on oil. If something were to happen to the world's oil supply, it would set off a chain reaction. Transportation would grind to a halt. Supplies would cease to be delivered. Law enforcement would be overwhelmed. While on a business trip to the Middle East, Andy realizes that his worst fears are coming true and his family is separated at this crucial moment. His teenage daughter, Laura, Laura is alone at home in London, while his wife, Alina, and young son, Sam, are in Paris. Amid the chaos, each family member will sacrifice everything to find one another, despite the distance and the dangers that separate them. And, uh, yeah, it's on Peacock. It's a miniseries. Uh, I think they dropped all the episodes. Uh, I watched the first episode because uh, I didn't really, didn't really care for this all that much. Um, you've got this, you know, Andy Eats guy played by Matthew Fox, and he's the he's the number one guy in the world for he's the number one petrochemist in the world. And uh, there's a problem with the oil, and the power starts going out, and, and he's got all this other shit going on. His son's getting a operation on his eyes so he can see again and the doctor performing it is is a sexy man who's making advances towards his wife in this episode and uh he ends up going to the middle east and then the power starts going out so now he's stuck in the middle east and he gets attacked by somebody and then uh the episode ended and now it's just like okay done with last light that was my last episode of last light i was done i was i was i was i was, I was bored to fucking tears watching last light so yeah it's a, a very very low taste it for me um and uh i'll give it a taste it just because it it you know it, it like i was able to watch it and i did <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes. It's all it takes sometimes, Jake. I was able to watch. I was able to watch it. I was able to follow it. I didn't absolutely like hate it. At the end of the day, I was just like, I just like I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. It, it just, you know, it, I feel like it's just one of those those shows that come out. Like what was the other one where the power went off? You know, all around the world and there was no power. It's just like another one of those. This is just like the prequel to that. Like, <laughs> yeah, we got a problem with the oil. So, and there's just scenes of him, like, taking a sample of oil, looking at it in a microscope. I don't know what the fuck he's looking at. He's just like, hmm, 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 that's some interesting oil. <laughs> they could have said anything. I don't know. It's, it's whatever. Last Light. Jake, what do you think of Last Light? Yeah, I despise this show. This was a toss-it for me. Um it took 15 minutes for me to stop being distracted by how old Matthew Fox looks since the last time I saw him. I was, I was just shocked. I'm, I was a huge Lost fan, so I saw this guy every week for like six years. And somewhere in between Lost and this show, he like aged 30 fucking years. They, like call, looked, him, they call him Matthew Silver Fox now, Jake. Yeah, he looked like he was <laughs> over fucking 60. I, I, 
I had to run into the bedroom to show Michelle. I'm like, look at how fucking old Matthew Fox is now. And so she watched like five minutes of it with me. And she saw that he had like an eight to 10 year old kid. And she's like, oh, my God, he should be that kid's grandpa, not his dad. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Right. But beyond that, once that distraction ended, like this show is just so tropey and so cheesy. It's the old, oh, I promise I, I'm going to put my family first and no matter what, I'm going to be back in time for my kid's surgery. And everyone with half a working brain cell knows that he's not going to be able to keep that promise. We've seen this trope a million times. And, you know, of course, he is like a uh, oil chemist and his daughter is like a you know, a radical environmentalist that like hates all the oil companies and there's that friction. And I found that just incredibly contrived and stupid as well. Um, the cliffhanger did nothing for me. Um, yeah, I, I want to forget about this show as quickly as possible. I, I did not like this at all. All right. Last light. Uh, Stephanie, last light. <laughs> Loved it. Yeah, we, I knew it. um all the trophy stuff sucks me in every single time granted i knew he i I, like you can tell like he i'm gonna be like the whole theme of like i'm gonna be home for the surgery like that's it was the they were pushing it so much you could kind of tell that something was gonna go wrong clearly because the show was gonna there's gonna be some kind of event that was the kickoff point but i loved all like the shadiness and then he, you know, he fly. I loved everything about it. I'm only not the only reason I'm not giving it a tap worse because I've only watched the first episode and I don't know how it will progress throughout the rest of the season. But I cannot wait to finish this. I thought it was great. Oh wow! <laughs> by the by, the fifth episode, Matthew Fox is just going to be a fucking skeleton. <laughs> I think you know. No, you got. Here's the thing. God, you know what? You've been bagging on how old Matthew Fox looks. I think. <laughs> Here's the thing, Jake. He's getting old and he's doing it gracefully. Good for him. He's not like Tom Cruise trying to hold on to everything and fucking getting all these fucking uh, secret surgeries and shit and dyeing his hair and all this other fucking crap. Matthew Fox is just like, you know what? I'm just going to let fucking I'm going to let age fucking take its fucking course. And he's still a good looking guy. Mm. (laughs) I like that. I like that. That was good. Don't you think so, Stephanie? I do agree. I agree. There's so many people in Hollywood who it's hard to tell how we, we know how old they are because they've been on TV for so long, but they're trying to fight age so much yeah. that it's all, it can be distracting at times. Like when people age gracefully, specifically women, but like when people age gracefully without a lot of medical intervention, it's kind of refreshing to see them just like, just kind of accept the fact that they're getting older and that. Like, that's what life is. And so to see somebody getting older doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily jarring for me only because I expect people to get older. I'm going to look older. They're going to look older. Tom, I, Tom Cruise is a perfect example because he's getting the facelift of all facelifts every five seconds. And <laughs> he's trying to fight. Don't fight it. Like, there's something about not fighting it that I find refreshing in Hollywood. And Matt, and he's not fighting it. Yeah, it's, I got to respect him for that because I am on the opposite side of that spectrum i'm trying to fight it at every fucking turn stephanie (laughs) (laughs) i'm doing everything i fucking can to fucking fight age i'll tell you that much oh my god i'm taking i'm taking supplements like crazy i'm fucking taking i'm taking collagen powder to fucking I'm, i'm putting all these goddamn creams on my face i got a cream i'm not even kidding you stephanie i got a cream specifically for my ass (laughs) 
Yes, I have a cream that is specifically made for my ass. It only goes uh, on my ass. Cream. It, it's no, it's called it's 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 Brazilian bum bum cream. I am not kidding Brazilian you. Brazilian bum bum. It says Brazilian bum bum cream. It's from Sephora. I think it's yeah, it's from Sephora. It's like forty dollars a jar. I'm like Kim Kardashian with my ass over here. <laughs> Does it work? Oh my god! Uh, yeah, man, I got—I have a baby soft ass. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just can't believe that this guy retired for eleven years, and then this is what brought him out of retirement. Like, uh, yeah, that's wild to me. It's a paycheck, man. It's a paycheck. You know. I, look, I hope the show takes off like a rocket. You, you, look at money. Look at some of these. Look at some of these actors that we love and we respect. Look at some of their IMDb. Sometimes it's like I love fucking um, Sir uh, Ben Kingsley. You know, he's been in everything. He was fucking. He was Gandhi. I mean, most recently he's been like you know in the Iron Man and the the Marvel stuff. But if you look at like some of his movies, they're just like straight to video and shit. And it's just it's crazy what some people will do. I'm sure Matthew. Oh, yeah. Even like De Niro is in some like whoa De Niro's yeah. in this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, I use a ton of fucking cream. I'm doing everything to fight fucking age. I'll tell you that much. I fucking, I'm <laughs> like a thousand times better than Matthew Fox. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I meant that. <laughs> I, yeah, Stephanie, I got a, I use a fucking, uh, a cocoa butter on my chest. And then oh. I use, I use a collagen fucking cream for my stomach. It's, I got, I've got, and then I've got like a special fucking uh, moisturizer for my face. You're committed. I'm definitely committed. I dye my hair. Yes, I dye my hair. I do everything to fight age. I fucking hate it. I fucking, you know, I've done everything to fight age. I do not want to get old. I'm just scared to death of getting old. Scared to well, death. I can say now that I've met you in person, you don't look old. You do, not at all. You don't look old. It's and all. It's all the gym. It's it's all fucking. It, it, it's 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 all. I'm plastic. Except it's all, it's all fake. <laughs> no, my dad. My dad looks young. My dad is seventy now, and my dad looks very young. My dad does not look like he's seventy year old man. So, yeah, I take I take I take the I fucking take the the pills to keep my hair from falling out too. I take it all. Oh, whoo! Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I use the keeps. It's the generic Propecia. It works. Yeah, shit fucking works. I'd take them on. Yeah, man. If if Keeps wants to fucking be a sponsor, fucking reach out to me. I'll fucking I'll pimp your shit because I fucking use that shit every fucking day. I've been using it for like three years now. I miss the days when you had Manscaped ads, so you talk about how smooth your balls were. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we talked about how smooth our balls were before Manscaped. That is true. Like, yeah. We don't need Manscaped to to tell them that. I mean... This show, this last light show is so shitty that we're talking about shaving our nuts right now. (laughs) (laughs) Did did you watch this, Wayne? I did. I watched... I can't believe... I watched all five episodes. And here you guys are all like watching one or two, and I'm like, I watched all five. I was all in. Wayne was just like, I just want to see how progressively fast Matthew Fox ages throughout this series. (laughs) But like, for me, it was just like a middle of the road taste it because I I like any kind of movie or show that's heading, or if not already there, in an apocalyptic situation. And this seems like this could head in that route where 
you know, oil being one of the most important resources that we use, like, you know, what happens when you can't fucking use it anymore? It's over time. It starts to show per episode, but uh, the big reveal of what what has been doing, it doesn't really happen to like episode three. So, I mean, it really didn't pick up. It's going to you're going to have to keep watching to get to episode three for it to pick up. But I don't know if it's going to get any better because uh, Stephanie's just hold on. I don't know if it's going to get any better, but uh, yeah, it, it could. There's a lot of dumb, dumb scenes uh, that, that make you question. Sometimes I wonder, like they show like some, you know, parts where there's no power and sometimes where there is. And sometimes people have cell phones at work and sometimes people that don't. So I, I'm a little confused all over the place. With like, are we going into apocalypse or or not? Like, can this is this something that's going to be solved within like a few more episodes, and then and that's it? And this this is you know, or is this going to be some long running thing like we've had before with uh, that other? There was another like you said before, Brian, another show where the power's out, and what do we do? So you know, like, how long is this gonna the storyline gonna last? So, I thought it was a five episode maxi series, and that was all she wrote. If there was, I don't. There's still a lot uh, left. They said it was. A, I think they said it was a mini series, but maybe they're wrong. I don't know. I'm sorry yeah, if you guys can hear that noise in the background. My cat is playing with something. I might have to pause and have him knock it off. But go ahead. But yeah, I don't. I don't know where this is going to go. I mean, if it is a mini series, there's still a lot left. A lot of meat left on the bone too. So. I just want to see Matthew Fox, like you know, you know that scene from uh, when the guy chooses the wrong cup in uh, oh, the Last Crusade. The yeah. Last Crusade, yeah. Like I just want to see Matthew Fox at the end of the series, just like have his age like rapidly. I, yeah, just age rapidly and die. It made me think of thinner. I was like, did this guy get cursed or something? <laughs> like, what happened? I, I I gotta respect him for just you know just saying fuck it, man. I'm just gonna let nature fucking. Go for it, nature. Have fun. Have your way. Have your way with me, nature. <laughs> I wouldn't do it, but yeah, more, more about. <laughs> I was I was doing a I was doing a Zoom call two nights ago, and I'm I'm signed up for this thing called the movie preview, free movie preview. And on Monday, I'm going to be able to watch. They're going to they're going to show like a, a new movie before it hits theaters, and I'm going to be able to give my thoughts on it. I'm hoping that it's going to be Black Adam or the new Knives Out movie or something like that. Who knows? It'll probably be something really shitty. But um, they ask you to like on this Zoom call to like have all these settings on your Zoom account, and there's this one where it's almost like it's like a face smoothing thing. And I like hit it and I was like, holy shit, that looked like that. It took like 20 years off of me. I was like, <laughs> I was like, holy that, shit. That, that shit makes people look like aliens to me whenever I see people using that filter. Oh, I thought it's, I looked like I was weird. I, I thought I looked like I was 20 again because I was like bouncing back and forth from it. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm old. I'm young. I'm old. I'm young. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Let's talk about wedding season on Hulu. Uh, a young man named Stefan objects at the wedding of Katie McConnell, with whom he has been having an affair at various weddings over the summer, only to be rejected. 
Hours later, Stefan is arrested and learns that Katie's new in-laws were poisoned at the reception and she has gone missing. Despite his suspicions of Katie, Stefan goes on the run with her to find out the truth. And it stars uh, Rosa Salazar as Katie. She was... Uh, Oh my God! What was she? And she was in the Alita. She played Alita in the Alita Battlefield movie, um, and Gavin Drea as Stefan. And um, I was. What's funny about this is like I enjoyed it. I was flipping through our list for this week, and I got to wedding season, and I was like, "What is that? Did I not watch that?" And then I was like, "Oh shit! It's that one thing that I watched early in the week." I <laughs> kind of totally forgot about it. I liked it. I liked it. Um, I, you know what? I am. I'm gonna give it a high taste. It. I did. I did enjoy this. I, I, um, I don't know if it's something that I'm going to continue to watch. But how many episodes did they have out? All of them? I can't remember. Or just the one. All of them, I believe. I just watched the first one. I just watched the first episode. But um, I did enjoy it. I'll give it a high taste. It So um, we'll open it up. Wayne, what did you think about Wedding Season? Honestly, uh, I- I'm going to give it a, uh, a middle-of-the-road taste. It. I, th- I think for me, uh, it I, th- I went in like three episodes. I think it was the humor that didn't work for me. It was just the comedy just seemed so dry and uh, the mystery that 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 is with the the plot. I think it just drags out too long for me. And I, I guess I just wanted answers now, now, now. Um, this is a, a, a British show, I believe. So maybe that's why I'm not like getting onto the comedy. I don't understand it as much. I don't know if that's what it is, but just, I'm just not connecting with it. You don't like British sure. comedy? Oh my god, not, Jake! Oh not my god, this one. But like, are you maybe, not a fan of Monty Python? Of course I am. But I like, don't know. It just sounded like a knock on British Python, comedy. No, sounded like a knock on British comedy. Just throwing it no. out there, Wayne. <laughs> but like, yeah, I just like I just couldn't get the comedy though in this. I mean, maybe you guys were laughing, but I was. I just didn't. It. No, I wasn't like uproariously laughing throughout these. Throughout the, I was more kind of like uh, I was sucked in by the story. And uh, oh god, Stefan drives me nuts. What a fu- he falls in love at the drop of a fucking hat. And he, <clears throat> he reminded me of Ted Mosby on fucking How I Met Your Mother. If any of you have watched that show, he just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, uh, I didn't I didn't like Stefan that much, but I I liked the show enough to to enjoy the first episode, and it might be something did, that I'll get back to. I did like one line that was in there. Um, I know that look. That look means she's decided to cross her last remaining line and bang a fourteen year old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did find that funny though. <laughs> Stephanie, what did you think about wedding season? I didn't care for it. It I stopped it at multiple points and I was like, I just wasn't into it and then would go back. And then it took me like a full three days to finally like get through it just because it wasn't grabbed. <laughs> wow. <by> it. <laughs> wow. It's 30 minutes long. <laughs> Stephanie stomached this show for thir- 10 minutes at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was okay. Like Wayne's example was really good. Like it just felt dry to me. There was a couple of points where, like, I, I may have, like, smiled a little bit. Like, it's, it's some, <laughs> nothing. I may have smiled. It felt, yeah, it just felt dry to me. I don't know what it, and I've never seen Mighty Python, so I can't compare it. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but 
Yeah, I just it was just uh, to me. What's sad is Stephanie has seen more episodes of Last Light than she's ever seen of Monty <laughs> Python. That is sad to me. I don't know if Stephanie would like Monty Python. Or- I don't think she would. Monty Python was like life changing for me, Jake, when I saw that as a kid. Agreed. Like yeah, it, it, it went from Monty Python to like Mr. Show. You know what I mean? Well, I'd say Monty Python, then SNL, then Mr. Show. It was like, you know, those were like, those are like, uh, man, just like cornerstones of comedy. And Stephanie, Stephanie never watched, never watched it. Yeah, I don't think she would like it. Never. Seen. I if if I put Monty Python on the list this week, she would have tossed it. <laughs> she would have tossed one of the greatest comedies ever made. <laughs> In order to maintain airspeed velocity, a swallow needs to beat the wings forty three times uh, every second, right? That's <laughs> a great movie. Yeah, I know well, Stephanie's a big Harry Potter fan. Just so you know, Stephanie, nearly headless Nick is one of the uh, members of Monty Python. Really, John Cleese? Yeah, yeah John Cleese. Yeah. Okay, then. They were a comedy troupe, and they had a show, and then they went on to do movies. Uh, you know, The Holy Grail and The Life of Brian, and you know, they had. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Wow, you, you have to you have to throw out fucking. Uh, a Harry Potter for her to even fucking know who any of these guys are. <laughs> I know, I know. I knew that would be the only way I could get it across. I appreciate that, Jake. I appreciate it. <laughs> I wanted to give Stephanie some context. <laughs> uh, Jake, what did you think of Wedding Season? I, I liked it. I, I too, only got to watch the first episode. Um, I'm going to give it a high taste it. I thought... Um, the chemistry between Stefan and Katie once they're introduced and both in a scene together well, was really electric. I, I seeing those two together and the conversations they had and then how the first episode ended up did make me very interested in seeing where the story is going. Because um, I, I do believe that that Katie is innocent and I, I want to know how the fuck this shit happened. So I, I thought it worked. I, I agree that there weren't too many moments where I was like slapping my knees or belly laughing, but it was like it was still funny like i wasn't laughing out loud but i was definitely found humor in a lot of the situations um between the failed proposal and the uh dating the 14 year old stuff it was a lot of funny situations yeah and and then um i thought the cops were actually pretty amusing as well and um yeah, I thought this was a lot better than I thought it would be, just yeah. based on the synopsis that I read before watching it. I, the two main actors were great. I didn't realize that that was um, Alita Battle Angel. I, I had no idea until you said that, and mm-hmm. now I completely see it. But um, yeah, I thought the two together just really lit up the screen, and I, I would like to watch more of this. Yeah, I'd like to get back to this as well. Yeah. Oh, what was that show? They came out with their second season. I really love the first season. It's the Christopher Walken show. I just and uh, fucking. I'm just talking to myself anyway. Forget it. Forget <laughs> it. Christopher Walken show. Christopher Walken and then fucking uh, uh, Stephen Merchant's in it. The Outlaws. The Outlaws season two came out on Prime Video, and I loved the first season. Haven't had a chance to watch the second season of The Outlaws, but it's a fantastic fucking show. I don't think you liked that one, Jake, but I loved it. That was where Walken like gets out of jail and he's kind of the shitty father. Yeah, and he's like having to do well. He well, they're all doing they're all performing community service, trying to pick up like that area. Oh yeah, I didn't care for that. Oh, I loved it, and no, it's it was it was a pretty 
pretty big hit for Prime Video. A lot of people enjoyed that show. Just you, you for some reason didn't like it. You're like Stephanie with Monty Python over there. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if we got like a like five sketches handpicked for Stephanie, she would like it. I don't know. Stephanie, Stephanie is a, she's like I've said before, she's a, she's a turducken of a mystery. She's an enigma <laughs> wrapped up in a riddle. She's like a, Stephanie, what, what's your favorite comedy movie of all time? Oh God. Is it Harold and Kumar where they play battle shits? <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah, that, that's a loaded, I mean, just what is one of your favorite comedies? You don't have to sit there and like. Oh, okay. Debate what your favorite comedy of all time is, but what like what are one or two comedies you really enjoy? Okay, um, I think a comedy I really enjoy uh, that's like Schindler's <laughs> List. <laughs> She's like I that sa- that shower scene just had me in stitches. Um, I can think of two off the top of my head that I rewatch and laugh out loud every time. So Coming to America's one, yes, mm-hmm. and the sweetest thing is another one of my favorite comedy movies. I have never I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Who's in that? Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz and Selma Blair. Yeah, I've never seen it. Mm, I've never seen that either. Oh, God. I'm with you, Stephanie. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Those two were like on rotation when I need a laugh, for sure. Coming to America Mm -hmm. makes me think she might appreciate some Monty Python. Possibly, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Coming to America still does make me laugh. I Like, when he is fucking singing at the top of his lungs to New York (laughs) City, and they're they're yelling at him to shut the fuck up. (laughs) 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 Uh, It just slays me every fucking time. Anyway, uh, I still can't believe they named the sequel "Coming Number Two America." Oh Lord! Yeah, yeah, that movie was so bad. I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it. I like a lot. I like it a lot. Um, (laughs) guys, want to talk about my ass cream a little bit more? I can get in. Mm, Not really. You can talk about the viscosity of my ass cream. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that fucking oil the viscosity of the oil anyway <laughs> i was hoping like that whole first episode of last light would have ended like should have been using pens oil you know like it's a it's a it's a pens oil commercial this entire time we didn't know <laughs> this show has been brought to you commercial three by pens oil <laughs> <laughs> should have been using pens oil <laughs> Could have avoided an apocalypse. Actually, I'm not. Hey, I'm not a Pennzoil man. I'm actually a Valvoline man. Costs a little bit more. But I think it'll serve you well in the long run. That's you know. Just say. <laughs> <laughs> sponsors rolling in left and right after this. Episode. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh my god! Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get the we're gonna get the hair restoration fucking money. We're gonna get the fucking we're gonna get all that Valvoline money, Jake. <laughs> Let's talk about American Gigolo on Showtime. Exonerated after 15 years in prison for a murder he didn't commit. Former Gigolo Julian K 
faces the challenge of picking up the pieces as the detective who put him behind bars tries to unravel the mystery that led to his incarceration. It's a drama television series developed by David Hollander based on the 1980 film of the same name, written and directed by Paul Schrader. Uh, Jake, have you ever seen the 1980 Richard Gere movie? I have not. I haven't either, man. Is it uh, the same name? Yeah, yeah, American Gigolo. I, I, it came out in 1980, and, you know, I was two I was years way old. too young, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't one of those things, like, even if it was playing on Cinemax or HBO, it, was, it wasn't one of those things that I fucking picked up when I was a kid and watched it or something like that. And, yeah, I was watching shit like this when I was a kid. Of course I was. I think we were all doing that kind of shit back in the day, staying up real late and fucking sneaking in shit we shouldn't be watching. But I never watched American Gigolo with Richard Gere. I think I want to see it. Um, the series stars John Bernthal as Julian Kay, the protagonist of the original film, alongside Gretchen Maul, Rosie O'Donnell, Lizzie Brochier, Gabrielle LaBelle, and Leland Orser. And if uh, you don't know who Leland Orser is, you might not know like him by name, but you'd know his face. He's a great character actor. He's been in many different things. Um, one of the uh, most notably for me, he was in um, Very Bad Things, the Christian Slater, John Favreau. Love that movie. Was it John Favreau? Was yeah, John, he's in that. Yeah. And Jeremy Piven's in that as well. Daniel Stern. Yeah. Great fucking movie. Um, but yeah, American Gigolo on uh, Showtime. Uh, Jake, what did you think about this one? And this is just a middle of the road taste it for me. It was okay. I thought the acting was, was on point. I don't know. There was just too much going on for me in one episode of this. I, I was kind of overwhelmed by how much plot was going on between the incarceration and the release and his past and what was going on with his mom and what happened to him as a kid. And I, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of this plot could have been spread out more than just one episode I, I i was overwhelmed by how much plot there was and how kind of disturbing said plot was so i don't know i don't think i'll continue with this just the subject matter didn't interest me very much and um i don't know i i found it kind of gross and disturbing uh yeah um i liked it a lot more than you i'm gonna give it a high taste it uh i think yeah they did pack it with a lot but i was Really impressed by John Bernthal's performance. A lot of his shit that he's in, he's doing a lot of grunting and shit like that. I felt like I got to see a different side of him in this, kind of like a more vulnerable side for a man that is, you know, has basically all this experience with different women and making them, you know, they basically pay him to perform a service, whether it's sex or just spending time with him. Um, He's very good, knows how to talk to women, but there's also you find out about his past and how like he was he was molested and then brought into this world. So it's kind of sad, um, not kind of sad. It's very sad in that way where, you know, mm -hmm. you, you think like, you know, oh, Gigolo, they must be out there living the life and they must be doing this because they really enjoy it. They get to have like, you know, all this all this sex and shit like that. And uh, <laughs> Uh, it's not the case. Uh, you know, there's a lot of trauma in his past. And then he's put in jail. He basically, there's a scene at the beginning of this where he's in bed with a woman and come to find out she's been murdered. He doesn't know if he did it or not. 
and he's arrested, sent to jail for 15 years. They find out who the real killer was by DNA. No, it's a confession. And then, then after the confession, they check the DNA and it matches with the real killer and he's released and he's got to find out, um, you know, why he was sent in, in like who set him up because this is definitely a setup. And so, and Rosie O'Donnell's in this. Who's the other dude that fucking, um, Wayne Brady's in this, man. It was nice to see Wayne Brady doing something like in this, uh, doing something dramatic here. And uh, I thought that he was good. I, 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 I like this show a lot more than you. I'm going to be finishing it. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to be finishing it. It's on, uh, Showtime. So. I will say that the kid that they got to play young John Bernthal was incredible. Like I, I fully believed that that was young John Bernthal. Yeah, yeah, he was good. Uh, Wayne, did you get a chance to see this? Yeah, I did. Um, do we know how many episodes there are going to be of this? Did they say how many there were going to be? Sixty-nine episodes. Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> good number. Good number. <laughs> I maybe they should have dropped maybe a second episode to this because like Jay said there was a lot to unload to unpack just in this first episode. I mean I I give it a a high taste because I I want to come back to it because I was very intrigued by all this like his life outside of prison now like trying to I mean he was in fifteen years so trying to adjust you know getting back into his life after being locked up for so long. I mean, we're we're slowly seeing that. Uh, we were we were introduced to somebody called uh, Princess. Uh, one of my one line that I like that she said is, uh, "You know, she's the queen. I'm the princess, and that means one day I'll own, you'll belong to me." You know, and at the end of the episode, we we see how that all comes together. Um, but that's what made me kind of even more interested in the scene. Oh shit. Okay. Now where's this going to go? Cause I don't know shit about male gigolos, but now I want to. <laughs> so, you know, you never I'm, watched I'm that. Gonna... D- didn't Showtime actually have a show called gigolos, Jake, like a reality show where they follow gigolos. I think they did. Yes. I never watched I mean, this it. Is, but yeah. This is nothing like Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. I mean, you do you know, think coming that, in this? That's what I was thinking. What do you think the Venn oh, diagram? That movie. What do you think the Venn diagram is of real life gigolos and using the exact same ass cream that I have? <laughs> <laughs> mm, I, I I don't think those circles are completely separated. No. <laughs> I dude, I would place I would pay I would place a bunch of money. On, I'd say at least half of them are using my fucking ass cream. I agree. I was going to say half the circle is probably together. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that there's a, there's a fucking promotional tie-in phone number that you can call for American Gigolo? Really? Oh, that's hilarious. Like, you can hire him? It's... <laughs> hold on. It's... Uh, eight seven. If you want to call it, it's 877-CALL-ZERO-ME, which is 877-225-5063. I'm going to call it right now. Hold on. Just going to be grunting. Thank you for calling the Blue House. What you desire is very important to us. Our best professional, Julian Kay, is standing by to serve your every fantasy. Press one to connect with him now. I'm going to press one. He's probably busy using his ass cream. <laughs> Jake, get your credit card ready. Yeah, I think you're brave. Thank you. 
thing. You're smart. You're beautiful. I'm here for you to listen. I got all night. He'll be waiting for you. New episodes of American Gigolo are streaming now. Only on Showtime. I just came in my pants. I am so embarrassed. That, yeah, I, I liked that. That that flattery. I needed that right then and there. Oh my god, guys, we got to take another break. <laughs> <laughs> wow, because this is it's warm now, but it's gonna get cold. Um, I just said that out loud. Um, no, guys, yeah, I <laughs> gross. Ew. Ew. American Gigolo, it's on Showtime. John Bernthal. I'm liking it, man. I'm going to stick with it. I think Rosie O'Donnell's good in it. Um, what was she in recently that I really liked her in? I really liked her in something else that I watched. It was like last year or something like that. I can't remember it off the top of my head. I mean, her and, and Wayne Brady, like when I saw both of them, I was like, oh shit, where the hell they've both been? <laughs> I haven't seen them in anything recently. Oh, no. Um, fucking uh, Rosie O'Donnell was in something really good recently. It was just like last year I was fucking reviewing a show that she was in. I'm looking up her IMDb. That ought to be pretty short. I, I disagree. She's I disagree, too. Yeah, she started up. Uh, she got her. I remember her start. Uh, of course, she started off in stand up comedy. But, man, she's been around since fucking the 80s. She was on like later seasons of Give Me a Break. And I don't think she stopped working since then. She was in the movie The Flintstones. Yes, she was. She was Betty Rubble herself. Oh. Are you looking at her IMDb, Jake? What are you doing over there? I was trying. It's like her IMDb link is like broke. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was in Russian Doll. Yeah, that's not what it was that I'm thinking of. She was in a, co- a show called Smilf. I don't know. I don't know what the S in Smilf stands for. <laughs> single mom, I'd like. Single mom, I'd like to fuck. Yes, I used to watch Smilf. Okay. And nothing I can. Nothing that I know we watched. I know this much is true. Oh my god! The L word. I'm not seeing it. Whatever fucking hmm. show it was, I'm not fucking seeing it. Ah, fuck it. We're just now we're just born. Let's talk about my ass cream some more. <laughs> Let's jump. You know what? Let's jump into the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a little of a news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. All right. Uh, let's get past the cry kid story. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, news from hold on i thought i had more i thought i had more i do have more um news from dark horizons sheep disrupt mission impossible filming sheep sheep yes sheep the animal (laughs) a massive flock of sheep stormed the set of mission impossible dead reckoning part two in the uk this week disrupting filming of the action sequel around the Lakes District in the UK. According to Fox News, cast and crew had to tap out of filming some much-needed shots as over 100 sheep walked into gates, separating the filming location from the English countryside. A bemused Tom Cruise... I like how they rhymed that. A bemused Tom Cruise. Bemused Cruise. Bemused Cruise. And the... (laughs) Sorry. 
A bemused Tom Cruise and the other crew members reportedly laughed as the sheep took over the set, but gave them space as the animals aimlessly meandered around the filming location. It's not clear how long production was held up or how much cost the delays might have caused, though it's known the first part of Dead Reckoning came in way over budget at nearly $300 million, mostly due to pandemic-related delays. And the second part may not be that far behind. So, yes, sheep. Sheep. Yeah, like, Tom Cruise went off on them, too? What's that? Do you think Tom Cruise went off on them, too? Tom Cruise had every right to go off on those people. <laughs> yeah, you're right, though. He did. Because <laughs> he gave us Top Gun. Well, here's no. The thing, a lot of people don't. No, I'm not saying he had every right to go off on them. Listen, mm-hmm. um, I do understand why he did get upset. And the, he, he, the cruise ship that they were on, the boat that they were on, the, everybody in the production, he paid for it out of his own pocket. And so when people aren't respecting like the pandemic protocols and stuff like that, I mean, it's like every day that he's got that boat out and I know he can probably afford it, but you know, I think that with, with the pandemic and all that stuff that, you know, and him paying for that boat out of his own pocket is like another reason he kind of went off. I, I, you know, that story upset me because I was just like, man, I don't like seeing people get yelled at and shit, but also on the flip side, it's like it was very like it was kind of early in the pandemic and like, you know, these people need to be taking this shit a little bit more seriously, too. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. He had every right to, to maybe he went a little bit overboard. And he, he could yeah. have been a little bit more more subtle about the whole thing. Yeah. But the, the reason behind his anger to me was completely justified. Yeah. 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 But, but you know, he learned his lesson. He didn't go off on the sheep. So <laughs> that's the video I want to see is Tom Cruise yelling at sheep, you know, <laughs> Listen, sheep, the whole world's watching us right now. <laughs> They're like, why don't you back off sheep? Get the fuck. <laughs> All right. It's time to end this fucking show. Um, don't expect Ted. La- uh, this comes from uh, Dark Horizons. Uh, don't expect Ted, La- Ted Lasso three season three anytime soon. It's being delayed. Uh, many have been waiting uh, for the third season of Ted Lasso, and uh, Puck News reports that the third season has taken about a year to make 12 episodes, and there's reportedly no end in sight. Um, an April location, uh, however, hold on, God damn it, I'm losing my fucking place. Uh, Sudeikis, Brendan Hunt, and Joe Kelly opened a writer's room last September, and the cast arrived in London in early January. But Sudeikis personally decided the scripts needed a significant rewrite. Uh, however, that rewriting took a while, which means the first episode didn't begin filming until March. And then things have been messy with stops and starts, script changes on the fly, days not made, character arcs shifted on April location shoot in Amsterdam added weeks to the schedule and the final episodes are upping the production stakes. Combine that with some lengthy post-production and it's going to take time. Um, in addition, the third season budget has apparently ballooned 20 to 30% and may go higher. And so, you know what? All this, I know it's introducing robots into Ted Lasso season three. Like what is going on? Uh, 
I don't know. I mean, location shoots get expensive, especially shooting in Amsterdam. Uh, pandemic related stuff sometimes is, you know, doesn't help. I'm just surprised at the, the amount of posts they're kind of implying that has to go on. Like, I wouldn't expect a show like Ted Lasso to have too much post production. Well, what works? What doesn't work? You know, do we uh, what do we what do we put in? What do we take out? I'm sure yeah. that like once they you know, like once you film something and then you kind of put it all together, you can be like, oh, my God, that scene doesn't work here or we need to move that or we need to take it out. Um, I just think like with all the significant rewrites and everything like that, it probably hasn't helped. So um, I don't know how long post-production would be. I, I see what you're saying. It's like it's not like you have to do like VFX shots and things like that in the post-production. That's not part of it. But I think yeah. that, I just think that it's such a h- highly regarded show, Jake, that for me, it's I'm, an Emmy darling. Yeah. It's won two years in a row. There's a lot of pressure to to stick the landing. I mean, so many shows are regarded by what happens in right. the final season. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is huge. Um for for them this is this is the final season i think they just want to they want to nail it because like you know i mean i think it's big for them definitely like ending because it'll kind of dictate on whether how how rewatchable the series is if we if we like the ending i mean look at look uh, the game of thrones has been affected by that i feel like um um we talked about earlier how i met your mother i felt the ending was so bad that i it would be I would be hard pressed to ever like watch that series again. So, because, no, I agree, and it made you not want to watch the spinoff. Like, yeah, well, we're gonna drag, drag, we're gonna gender swap and just drag us along for nothing again for eight to ten seasons. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, no, thank you. Right. So there's like there's shows that I think just like do it right, where you know, like I can go back, I can I can go back and rewatch Friends, and I can go back and rewatch Cheers, and um, I. But there's, but there there are some of these shows like How I Met Your Mother where they just really just butcher that ending so badly it just makes you not even care or want to go back and ever watch it again. So, um, yeah, I, I'm fine with this news as long as we get a proper season three. Take your time, get it done, nail it down right. So, because I've I've adored the first two seasons. So. I agree. I agree. There's plenty to watch in the meantime. It's not like unless Ted Lasso three comes out, we're starving for entertainment. Stephanie, do you watch Ted Lasso? I've never seen it. Oh my god, Stephanie! <laughs> <laughs> Wayne, you know I'm asking you next, and Wayne's getting ready to say no. No, no, I do watch it. Okay. I love Ted Lasso. All right, good um, for it you. Was like the very <laughs> Wayne just I watched all two seasons. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm just so excited for the new one. I just want it now. I mean, but yeah, you're right though. Do, take your time. Do it right. Um, it, I, if this is going to be their last season, let's let's. Hang. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into Marvel news for this week. Jesus Christ, Jake. I'm I, I'm like. I, 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 I'm a wreck this episode, sir. <laughs> you got, we're almost at the end. We're almost at the hands back on the wheel. <laughs> we're almost there. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, you're treating this episode. You're, you're treating this episode. Like I'm like, I'm like, I fucking drank too much. You're like, you know, what <laughs> <Yeah. I'm, laughs> don't, don't tunes this the cat off the cliff yet. 
Like, we're, we're almost there. There <laughs> uh, we go. Marvel news. Uh, news from the direct. I don't know. I got a stupid little story here at the beginning. Hold on. Can we get toast said? Got a little scoop for you. Monica Rambeau's hero name is going to be Photon in the Marvels. Kamala gives her na- Kamala gives her the name after Monica explains her powers. It's so cute. Crying emoji face. Aww. Whatever. <laughs> I, hate, I hate the way most people get their names in movie adaptations of things. It's like, that's rarely ever done fun. It's almost always an eye roll moment. I don't like how Marvel's Marvel's been doing it in a way where they're just like everyone hates their everyone thinks that their fucking their superhero name is stupid. Well, I saw a montage just a few weeks ago of every moment in the MCU where they made fun of someone's superhero name. And, yeah, seeing it all together like that and in every movie yeah. was a real awakening for me that, man, is this joke tired. It's tired. She-Hulk does it. Um, Ant-Man did it. I mean, I'm trying to think. Doctor Strange does it. Yes. Literally every fucking hero has done it yep. in the MCU. Exactly. Yeah. Spider-Man did it. Kind of They all fucking did it. I'm over it. It's not funny. Uh, News from the direct. uh, Avengers 5. Kevin Feige reveals which movie sets up the Kang Dynasty. Uh, During the Marvel Studios panel on Saturday at D23, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige confirmed to the audience that Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania goes right into Avengers the Kang Dynasty. Quote, this is a big movie. It goes right into King Dynasty. The Ant-Man 3 won't be the only Phase 5 project to dovetail into the next Avengers film, though. Via Matt Ramos, footage for Loki Season 2 teased that a war from Kang the Conqueror is coming. A secret war, perhaps? And this would be the (laughs) calm before the storm. Loki Season 2 capitalizes off of the ending of the first season. This is the calm before the storm. Loki is trying to warn everyone about the coming war with Kang. I think that's interesting. Trying to warn everyone about the coming war with Kang. Um, Does that mean that we're going to see... Is he just warning people in the TVA? Is he, what is he, like, are we going to see other Avengers pop up in this? I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out, like. Yeah, who is he going to, like, pick up the phone and start, like, dialing everyone he knows and letting him know if this shit's going to happen? Like, that is an interesting question. Like, to what level is he warning people? Well, and then who's going to believe Loki? <laughs> especially with the relationship he has with everybody well and the last time the original loki it's not even our our loki this is like the loki from you know endgame that kind of like took off so yeah i like the idea of loki being kind of like a paul revere like letting people know that the bad stuff is coming i like i like (laughs) the kangs are coming the kangs are coming (laughs) hey stephanie i want you to be the paul revere of this particular podcast episode and as soon as we wrap let everybody know that this episode sucks Anyway, yeah. Oh, man, Jake, I loved Loki season one, so I cannot wait for Loki season two. When are we getting it? 
Do we know? It should be soon, right? It should be next year, I would think. Okay. I mean, filming's already underway, if not done. Oh, it's got to be and, done. And post-production should be quick since they lock people in rooms and, like, beat them with chains. So... <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't take too much longer. Yeah, it doesn't look like we have an, uh, an exact release date. Um, Ant Man. They've been all the all the TV shows. It's like about a month before before they finally tell us the date. Like they give you like this vague season, and then the season changes to a month, and then I feel like two to four weeks before you get an actual date. It's been weird with the TV, with the announcements of when it's actually releasing. Radio Times is saying that it's going to be released on Disney Plus sometime in the summer of 2023. So this would be uh, basically a few months after Ant-Man and the Wasp hits Mm -hmm. theaters in February. So, yeah. Yeah, we're looking at next summer. Hopefully seeing Loki season two. Uh, that makes sense. It's it, you want to have that synergy, I think, between Ant Man and Loki two. You don't want to have them too too far spread apart. Yeah, Charles Murphy from Murphy's Multiverse is saying that we can expect Shang Chi two in February of twenty twenty five. I thought. Uh, remember when I said I thought that this movie would be coming out after the Kang Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look like that's the case. Uh, King Dynasty comes out May 2nd of 2025. And if this rumor is true, this is going to be hitting three months before. Well, about about two, two and a half months before uh, the release of King Dynasty. So um, the wreckage of time will probably happen. Ooh. Oh, I'm still calling it The Wreckage of Time. We don't even know if that's like the official title of the movie. So, yeah, it's like we're looking at probably maybe the events of Loki Season 2 and Quantumania tying into Shang-Chi 2. Yeah, I could see that. Mm -hmm. With it coming out two and a half months before... The, the Avengers movie, I definitely feel like it'll it'll be important there. It'll yeah. be the last movie before that movie, right? We well, we don't even know if it does tie in with anything in the Quantum Mania or Kang or anything like that. We don't know that. It's just I, th- I think it will. I mean, with the post credit sequence in the first movie, we know he's going to get involved with the Avengers. The Avengers are obviously going to be heavily involved with the Kang storyline. I kind of feel like by the end of the sequel he's going to be fully invested into the the main storyline. Yeah, I mean, I but like, you know, this the events that happened at the end of Shang-Chi were basically like the beacon out in space and Captain Marvel was going to go investigate and I don't think that any of those things were necessarily uh connected to the events of Loki season one or anything happening in quantum mania from everything that I have seen is what she goes to investigate is the other bracelet that Kamala Khan has that is out there. And I'm not a hundred percent. I can't give you hundred percent concrete proof that that's what it is, but I think that it, that it is. um, And everything I've heard is like, it's a, it's a relic that the Kree are looking for. And so, I don't know if that's too connected to anything going on in Quantum Mania. Hmm. 
Did I break everybody's brain, or are we going to have another eight seconds of silence? No, I thought someone else was going to say something this time, so I, I was shutting up. Um, but yeah, I see what you're saying there. I just, you know, much like Infinity War and Endgame gave everyone a moment to shine, I feel like that's what's happening here with uh, these next two Avengers movies. I, I There's no way he's not going to be in the mix somewhere there. So I think it's going to be at least a slight lead into those movies. Yeah, no, I'm hoping you're right. I'm just trying to put out all the pieces that I've seen. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm just, I'm just going by the evidence that we have now. I, I, he's 100% going to be hopefully a part of the Avengers by the time we meet him in the next film. And, um, but we'll see. I don't know. Or, or if not, by the end of that movie, I would think. I feel like once we get like these characters and like their first movie, it, it wasn't like this back in the day. Back in the day, it was like the second movie was basically just that character. But I think like most of the movies post-Civil War, they have felt like you get like that second character, you get that character's second movie, and that's when they start to give you more of like an additional character from the Marvel Cinematic Universe joining that character. We've seen it with Spider-Man the entire time, but, you know, even with Thor, like in this, you know, by the time... We get to his third movie. We've got Hulk joining him on that. Uh, look at mm-hmm. Captain Marvel's second movie now being called The Marvels, and they're introducing Kamala Khan and Monica Rambeau into that movie. I feel like, you know, they've kind of kind of strayed away from like just like the the you know solo you know like when they do these solo movies they they kind of like bring a little bit more into the universe there. So I I do think that by the time we get to Shang-Chi 2 that will probably be seeing another big player in that movie. It's just not strictly going to feel 100% like a Shang-Chi sequel. So I agree with that completely. Doctor Strange was that same formula as well. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. Yeah. I think who that would be. I mean, I know we won't know right away, but who that'll be will be interesting. But I, I agree with that. And I hadn't even thought of it until you mentioned it. But you're right. Like every second yeah. movie. For each character has introduced somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, uh, well, even even Black Panther too. We're getting Riri Williams setting up her Disney Plus show. So, um, oh, um, uh, Charles Murphy also went on to say um, uh, he was talking about like you know who's going to be directing Shang Chi two. And he, he's talking about uh, Daniel Destin Cretton here. He said he's absolutely directing the movie. I don't know why people keep thinking that producing Wonder Man would take precedence over Shang-Chi 2. Producing doesn't mean he's necessarily doing much of anything. Um, it's not just Wonder Man, though. Isn't he also directing the Kang Dynasty? Yeah, I, I thought that as well. I, and I thought because he was directing that and that's coming out now that you you know, we think two and a half months after Shang-Chi 2, it seems bizarre that he would be directing both. Yeah, I mean, unless he's basically doing like a, a Russo Brothers here, you know, and, and just knocking them out back to back. And if he is directing both, if that is what's going to happen, then there's no way Shang-Chi isn't going to be a major player in that Avengers movie. Oh, there's no way that it's not going to be leading directly into the events of the Kang Dynasty, yeah. either. I mean, yeah, exactly. Why, why set up that guy to do both movies that come out within three to four months of each other? If that's a, not the case, that's bizarre. It's a perfect handoff, right? I mean, it just, yeah. It, yeah, it sets it up perfectly. Yeah, no, I agree. 
I agree. Uh, let's move on into any. Oh, any final thoughts, Wayne, Stephanie? No, I'm good. Yeah, thanks for your input. Um, <laughs> I'm you know, very excited for Loki season two. Oh I mean, wow! Season- thank you, thank you, Wayne. Oh, okay. <laughs> That, that felt like a charity comment. So it did. <laughs> he was ready to move on. He's like, you know, I'm looking forward to it. No, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Wayne, just... Wayne threw Brian that bone, and he just fucking rebounded that shit like Dennis Rodman. <laughs> it, 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 man, yeah, that that comment just bounced off of me. I was done with. No, go ahead, Wayne. I'm sorry. I'm just. Uh, I'm just like. I don't know. The the past like year or so, I've been just overwhelmed with Marvel stuff, and I just. I'm just confused of who the big baddie was supposed to be for this phase. And I know it's Kang. We discussed Kang, yeah. But there's just like so in all these other movies, it just seems like there's so many other threats. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just to see how this will all tie together. And uh, hopefully he doesn't get exhausted from, you know, back to back movies like this, uh, you know, directing them. But I have high hopes. It's just Marvel and comic books, too. I mean, you know, you read one comic, you're reading about one character and one villain. And, and, and but, you know, then there's like this big event, you know, and then all the different tie in issues. But there's like this main villain, like, OK, our main villain now is going to be Dr. Doom. And, you know, our oh, our main villain now is going to be Kang. But like, you know, still you read the Daredevil comic and he's going up against Kingpin or he's going up against whoever. So, but you're right. There's a lot of moving pieces right now. And I, I do feel like, you know, and Stephanie, you've talked about this before, too, that, you know, it, that sometimes Marvel viewing and trying to be a Marvel fan now, sometimes it does feel like it's homework at this point. And, you know, I agree. I, I think there's a I think there's too much content being put out there. And uh, and I think it did feel a little bit more special um, when it was. uh I think sometimes less less is more and um you know I would I would be fine if they kind of backed off as backed off of uh some of these Disney Plus series and kind of trimmed it down a little bit more I think it is uh I agree with that I mean the best thing that came from covid is probably the forced break from MCU content I mean mm-hmm. it just it made it feel so much more special again when it started coming back but then it came back so strong yeah. yeah. Oh, I also heard that uh, Ms. Marvel, this is the rumor, I think Daniel RPK is saying on his Patreon that uh, Ms. Marvel 2 has been greenlit. So they are going to be giving us a second season of Ms. Marvel 2. Awesome. So that's great news. Uh, let's jump into DC news. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And our leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. Uh, news from Dark Horizons. Uh, Barbarian Scribe pens Batman-adjacent film. So, you know, it's Batman Day, so gotta have some Batman news on Batman Day. It's about the only thing we've done Batman-centric on Batman Day this episode, except for what? Do, what do we do? How do we? How did we loosely connect some shit earlier, Jake? Uh, John Hamm was in the town, which was directed by Ben Affleck, who played Batman. Nailed it! Nailed <laughs> it! <laughs> I mean, that's only two degrees of separation. I was. 
It's fucking Batman Day. I know. I know. If it was, you know what? If it was Kevin Bacon Day, I we I would feel like we'd have to do six degrees of separation, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I could easily get John Hamm to Kevin Bacon. That would. Be oh no God, way. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jake, Jake could do it. Jake could do it four easily and three if he really thought about it. Yeah, I'm pretty good at the Kevin Bacon game. I love that game. Uh, currently topping the box office is Barbarian, a horror film from comedy series creator Zach Kreger, who makes his directing debut. There's plenty of talk about the film, with one topic being what does Kreger intend to do next after his impressive debut? Turns out he's already written some films that he hopes to get made in the near future, one of which is a script he dubs Batman Adjacent and is set in the DC universe, he tells Bloody Disgusting. Kreger says he wrote the script for that project for his own enjoyment, not at any request of DC or Warner's, so there are no plans for it to be made as such. He loves it so much, though, that he's hoping to see it made someday. Quote, I wrote it, and I'm utterly obsessed with it, so one day I want to make that. Uh, he similarly, similarly wrote... I cannot say words today. Similarian. <laughs> he similar similarly similarly. Yeah. Similarly. That's a hard word. I know, man. Talking weird, strange, hard. He similar. <laughs> he made a similar. <laughs> He's hard. He similarly wrote. I now I say it with just I'm I'm killing it. He similarly look. Listen to me over here saying words and shit. He similarly. I can't do it. <laughs> Every time you do it, you add another lead. <laughs> he similarly. Li, li, li. He's. <laughs> <laughs> we are the knights that go lee, lee, lee. <laughs> we are the knight <laughs> we are the knights of lee uh, Steph's not laughing because she doesn't get she it she doesn't yeah, get it that one was no. over Steph's head yeah Stephanie oh my god he similarly wrote <laughs> I can't say this fucking word he you know the word wrote barbarian for his own enjoyment Never thinking it would get made, and then it did. Warners has also had great success with the Batman-adjacent film that was The Joker, so it could happen. Another project he hopes to make in the near future is a horror film that he dubs as being weirder and way more ambitious than his debut, which is in cinemas now. Um, I know, I see, I don't know. I, did anybody else besides Jake and myself watch Barbarian? No. I have not, but it looks very good. Well... Jake didn't enjoy it, and I loved it. But I'm going to ask the question anyway. Jake, would you be down to watch a Zack Kreger Batman-adjacent film? Yeah, I'd be down. I'm not tapped out on Zack Kreger yet. Um, I just didn't find it as good of a debut as, say, like Peel with uh, with Get Out by any means. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested in seeing I, – I like the idea of doing like an R rated comic book movie. And I, ha I have a feeling that that's the direction he would go with it. I can't imagine it would be a light and fluffy Batman adjacent movie. Um, I'm very curious what, what character he's focused on though. I, I really have no idea. If I had to guess, I'd say with him, it's probably a penguin movie, but I don't, I, I'm just, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm basing it on. I was thinking Man Bat. I don't know why, but that's what came into my head first. 
One of my favorite uh, comics when I was a kid was a Batman versus Man Bat comic that I would read over and over and over again. That's funny. I would love that. Um, I, you know, like you compared them to Peel, and I think I just think that you know both of them come from you know sketch comedy, and both of them did horror movie. I would say that they're just very different. I think that Peel's directorial debut with Get Out was more cerebral, and his. I think Zach Craigers was more in the, in like the, um, it was a little funnier. So I just think they're just two different kind of directors in that way, but I loved them both. So, um, but I would be totally, I agree. I, agree. I still think I wasn't in the correct headspace for barbarian. I I'm still eager to watch it a second time yeah. with my expectations a little bit tempered. Yeah. Um, but I'd be down for anything he fucking wants to do with Batman. I don't care. I'd be down for it, man. Uh, hopefully the, with the success of Barbarian, uh, Warner Brothers is reaching out to his agent and, you know, hey, give us the pitch. What's going on there? It's got to be better than The Trench, right? Oh, m- most definitely. <laughs> no one wants Aquaman adjacent movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> didn't we see that with the Depp Heard trial? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did you see that they're that Tubi is going to be making a movie on that? I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. I mean, it captured the attention of fucking everyone yeah, what was going on. Yeah. It just truly showed how sick our society is. It's true. News from Variety. Uh, Variety can confirm that Warner Brothers will make a sequel to the 2005 supernatural action film Constantine starring Keanu Reeves. The blockbuster star will reunite with the original director, Francis Lawrence, best known for taking over the Hunger Games franchise after the first film. Constantine has been a hot property in Hollywood, sparking a NBC series created by Daniel Cerrone and David Escoyer. It was even more recently being developed into a new series for HBO Max by J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot Productions. However, sources tell Variety that the HBO Max series is now dead, although the streamer had been in early talks with an actor for the lead role before the new movie came together. Four scripts were written for the new adaptation set in contemporary London. Adapted from the DC Comics, John Constantine is an exorcist trying to tip the scales in the battle between good and evil in his favor. Able to see the demons and angels influencing regular folks, Constantine is driven to send every last demon to hell, thus solidifying his place in heaven because what would you do if you were sentenced to a prison where half the inmates were put there by you. This sequel has been long whispered about f- among fans, uh, especially after the big 15-year reunion both Reeves and Lawrence attended at Comic-Con. Uh, plus, the star himself has openly expressed interest in returning to the Holy War raging on the streets of Los Angeles. Quote, I just loved that world, and I love that character. I, th- Jake, I mean... I think that they are a little late on fucking doing a fucking John Constantine sequel. I don't, I don't, I don't see anybody like I honestly, I saw it when it came out in 2005. I couldn't tell you anything about it now. I haven't seen it in fucking 20, yeah, 20 a, years or whatever. It, it surprisingly has a huge cult following and kind of has since its existence. I I think I am very much in the same camp as you. I saw it in the theater. I haven't seen it since. I didn't find it very memorable. Honestly, this is terrible, but the most memorable thing about Constantine to me was how terrible the lead singer of Bush, Gavin Rosdale was as an actor. 
I don't even <laughs> I don't even remember him in the movie. That's crazy. He's like Balthazar or whatever the fuck. Uh, and, and yeah, he's fucking awful. Um, I know it's a role that um, Keanu Reeves absolutely loves. Like he brings it up in interviews all the time. So I, I think he's definitely a hundred percent game for this. But yeah, I don't know. It's a little bit like when they announced Sin City 2. I think it could be a good movie, but I don't know. I just can't imagine. It's not the type of thing where it's like, oh, I'm going to take my son to see this movie I loved 15 years ago. Like, it's really not that kind of fair. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like they'd be better off rebooting. I know a lot of people are going to hate this, but I, I'd rather see Constantine reimagined than a second Keanu Reeves movie. I'm kind of in the I don't really care camp. Man, yeah, here's the thing. All right, I fucking – you brought up Sin City. And for as much as that movie bombed, I fucking loved the movie. I loved it. But then I I think that maybe that should be a lesson to them, that, that too much time has kind of passed. And I don't think that this is what, like – you know, for all these moves that Warner Brothers is making and all these things that they're canceling, for them to like go ahead with something like this just seems like it seems like a huge gamble to me. Because, yes, I think like the people that have been clamoring for it clearly want this movie to be made. And, you know, I'll be happy for them if it gets made. But it's like I personally am not clamoring for it. And I don't think like a majority of people are clamoring for it. So I think it's going to be a loss. I think, you know, even with the star power that Reeves has these days after like the, his resurgence, his Keanu sense since fucking John Wick, I just don't think it's enough. Yeah. What a fucking career Keanu Reeves has had. Right. I mean, I feel like he has a Keanu sense like every 10 years. Like, oh, my God, what a fucking legend. Yeah. He's fucking awesome. Keanu sense. I love that. Um, I also want to say that I'm actually going to agree with Brian on this. I saw Constantine, don't remember a thing about it. Yeah. And the fact that I don't remember a thing about it, I think speaks to the movie a bit. Also may speak to my attention span at the time, but I think it speaks to the movie, the film a bit. I also think sometimes you can wait too long between an original and a sequel. And I think that's only to the detriment. I think, I, so I, I think I agree with Drake. Maybe a reimagining of it, not necessarily a sequel. Um, and then back to agreeing with Brian again, because I don't know who's. I, there may be a cult following, but I don't know if that's enough for a. I don't know if that's enough of a calling for a sequel. I don't know if I'm making any sense. But no, you are. Just, you I, I don't know though. As soon as Stephanie was talking, I started thinking. Well, you know, Top Gun worked. Yeah, but this is not. Come on, you can't compare. I, I hear you. I hear you. I. Like, like if you compare Top Gun to Constantine, as far as like memorability and like, fa- <laughs> like, like fans over the years, like Top Gun is very, it's like highly regarded, like amongst yeah, it's a lot not of people. a cool classic. It was a hit the day it came out. It was, yeah, it was a huge hit. And here's, I think, like Jake, you said, like reboot. You know, I'm, I'm thinking, like, man, it makes me miss because I don't get me wrong. I love the character of John Constantine. I love the character. I just was hoping for, you know, I mean, go back a few years and they're talking about doing the Justice League Dark movie directed by Guillermo del Toro. That's what I wanted. You know, I wanted fucking. I I agree. Swamp Thing, Animal Man, Zatanna, Constantine. Give me some of these characters and put them together. I mean, you know, I, I think that. 
you know, like you've got, uh, God damn it. That's the movie that I fucking wanted. I mean, and I feel like maybe they should have done that, Jake, instead of like their, you know, Justice League that they fucking rushed out, you know, like maybe take some of the, these lesser known characters, get some directors behind the characters that you that you that you love and, uh, you know, set up that world where the, you can have a Justice League dark. I don't know. I, I think that's the I think that's what they should do here personally is do a recast and get things moving to, to do a Justice League Dark and then beg Guillermo, Guillermo de Toro to come back and direct it. I think he'd be great at it. Yeah, I agree with that. Justice League Dark sounded very promising. And yeah, I think I, I love the character too. And I, I think I also am more interested in seeing him combined with other characters and properties than I am seeing him go another solo round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man! I'd even be fine with Keanu Reeves returning as the character if we could mix him up with other DCU proper characters. I'm down. I'm down. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd watch that. All right, let's see here. Let's jump into Star Wars news and wrap this bitch. <laughs> God. Hopefully this fucking article doesn't have the word similarly in it. <laughs> no, listen, you're not listening to you are not listening to NPR. I am going to fucking butcher some fucking words, people. All right. And I'm not even drinking. I haven't drank on this fucking show in nearly a year, Jake. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. It's crazy. It's crazy. Star Wars news. The gods! What's Amisa saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. Okay, I'm not even going to talk about Star Wars news here. Did hey? Did any of you have you any of you seen that fucking trailer for that? Uh, is it called Devotion? Is it? It's the new Glenn Powell. Movie Glenn Powell. If you don't know who the fuck I'm talking about, Glenn Powell played uh, Hang Hangman in Top Gun Maverick. Have you seen the trailer for him in that fucking? Uh, he's he's flying another fucking plane in that movie with Jonathan Majors. Oh, that's funny. No, I haven't. Anybody seen that? I've seen uh, an ad for it. I didn't. I don't think I've seen the whole trailer though. Is it? The look good? Comes out November twenty third. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Yeah, elite fighter pilot. It's, it's got Joe Jonas in it. <laughs> I know nothing about those Jonas brothers. <laughs> I know nothing. I know very little. I mean, he was in the Jumanji movie. Oh, She's yeah. married to uh, Sophie Turner. Elite fighter pilots Jesse Brown and Tom Hudner become the U.S. Navy's most celebrated wingmen during the Korean War. Is 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 Glenn Powell just going to be typecast as fucking a fighter pilot? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> he's he's going to be your new Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. He'll be the new Green Lantern. Uh, I, you know what, Jake? I kind of love it. Yeah, it's not terrible. It's not terrible. I fuck it, yeah. <laughs> Glenn Powell for Green Lantern. <laughs> uh, uh, the reason I 
thought of that fucking Devotion movie. And it is called Devotion. comes out um, November 23rd of this year. And it looks fantastic, people. I'm definitely going to be going to see that in the theater. But the reason I thought about that is because of this first news story. And it comes from Variety. Disney removes Star Wars spinoff Rogue Squadron from release calendar. Uh, Disney has removed Rogue Squadron, the Star Wars film, from director Patty Jenkins from its release calendar. The move comes as little surprise since the tentpole, which was scheduled for December 22nd of 2023, was taken off the studio's production schedule in 2021. Uh, the announcement is more or less pro forma as the window for Rogue Squadron to start filming in time to complete the movie by next December is very, very nearly closed. The next big screen story in the space opera saga had already been delayed in November 2021. Jake, do you think we're even going to get this fucking movie now? I think we will. I think it'll still happen. Hmm. This could be the Top Gun of Star Wars. The Top Gun of Star Wars. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I, I, I totally see what he's talking about. It it could be yeah or like be. in style I I guess I follow you yeah I mean like I I was really excited for this because I played the N sixty four game and then the newer Squadrons game that came out so I was even the promo they had for this when when she was there with the life size uh, uh you know Star Wars uh was it the Y fighter or the X wing there X wing like a life size one yeah yeah and. Like that whole thing there, it made me excited for this, and now I'm kind of sad because I I don't know if we're gonna get this. Uh, I think it has a lot. I mean, I honestly think it has a lot to live up to now that fucking Top Gun Maverick is out, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. Top Gun in in space, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, like- yeah. It's 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 Rogue Squadron. It's fucking. It's Top Gun in space. It's dogfights. You know. I mean, this could be a great movie if done correctly. So mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, man. I was, uh, I was, I was. I'm really digging that fucking Top Gun director. I just can't see them fucking handing it over to him. That would be a bad move for. It'd be a bad look for them to to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to do it. But man, I kind of would love to see it. I'm sorry. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> See you later, Patty Jenkins. Yeah. No, I like Patty Jenkins. It's just, uh, I don't know. I guess I've just been bummed from, like, you know, the Star Wars movies that have come out recently. So, but I am still. And Wonder Woman 2. And Wonder Woman 2 was not good. So, uh, yeah, news from Dark Horizons, Star Wars Andor, early re- early reactions are in. Uh, a, li- a little under a week ahead of the premiere, and the first reactions are out for the highly anticipated Disney Plus series, Star Wars Andor, with the first four episodes released to critics and some journalists. Uh, while no reviews have yet been released, early reaction has so far been very positive for the series, which serves as a prequel to Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and sees Diego Luna reprise his role as Cassian Andor in a show spanning a five-year period. Uh, much has been made about the series having a very different feel from the other Star Wars series and movies of late. No Jedi, no Sith, no Skywalkers, and a whole lot of practical filming elements. Uh, Star Wars stuff summarizes commonly cited praise 
in the reactions. The show is a slow burner with a gritty and mature tone, a large and ambitious scope, strong reliance on character, and a distinct distinct lack of Easter eggs and nostalgia. Here's some more direct reactions. Um, This comes from Andres Cabrera from The Meaning Of. Andor is that Star Wars show. A deliberately paced, layered spy story. It's more focused on character explorations than any hasty action sequence. It might be too different for some, but I'm loving the change of pace, tone, and feel. Sean Keen from CNET says, I watched Andor's first four episodes weeks ago, but it's been burned into my brain. The first two episodes are slow to the point where I question if it felt like Star Wars. Then the third episode blew my mind, and I was hooked for the fourth. Uh, Dave Chen from the film cast says, I've seen the first three episodes of Andor, and I say this with the utmost conviction. This is going to be the show that gets me back into Star Wars. Andor introduces new, memorable characters, plus an intriguing arc for Andor. And it actually has something to say. I got more here. I mean, but I'm loving what I'm hearing because I... I, this is like I, I I am looking forward. To, I know this sounds crazy. I'm looking more forward to Andor than I am Mandalorian season three. I'm just fuck it. I'm gonna say it. I really am. I cannot wait for this fucking series. Um, yeah, I think I still need to be wowed over by it. I my anticipation is the exact opposite of yours. I, I I'm excited with what Gilroy is doing and, and kind of the tone he's taken, but yeah, that initial trailer didn't do much for me. Um, anytime they constantly refer to something as a slow burn, I get worried. Um, they're releasing three episodes at once, which sounds like a smart idea with what people are saying about the first two episodes, but yeah, I don't know. I'm hoping to be completely wowed over, but my expectations are nowhere near as high as yours. Uh, first trailer blew me away. I absolutely loved that first trailer. I thought it was fantastic. And then now I'm even more excited because I recently went, you know, a couple weeks ago and watched Rogue One again in the IMAX. And I was just like, man, this movie is... I loved it when I watched it, but it's so good. It's like even better. I think it's even... It's better watching Rogue One post the the rise of skywalker because that movie was so bad that it's like man there was a time when they were still like doing it like they were still they were hitting it out of the ballpark and for a movie that shouldn't have worked it fucking worked wonderfully um alden diaz from yeah, i think i oh sorry no go ahead I, I think the release schedule was weird for rogue one too it was like releasing it right after force awakens with a very similar lead i i think like it would have just been received a lot better like after last Jedi or just anywhere else than the second new star Wars movie. I I agree with you that it works better now in retrospect when you're not thinking about what came before it or when it came out. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. There's something about just seeing like, you know, real locations that they're filming the, like it just looks, they're, they're doing it. that. Two seasons. We're getting two seasons. It's spanning five years. It is the, it is like the, um, it's like the rebellion is like slowly, slowly forming. And, you know, um, we're going to get Saw Gerrera is going to be in the series, which makes me excited. We're going to get to see Saw Gerrera back. So, um, 
I'm, I'm, I, I really want to, I think it is going to be a slow burn, but I think it's going to be worth it. I think there's going to be a lot of payoff in this series. Um, Alden Diaz from Octu Radio says, I'm absolutely blown away by the audacity of Andor. We often have to say Star Wars has always been political to counter people who would deny that fact. Well, this show is actively angry at people denying it. Audacious, timely, raw, and exceedingly thoughtful, powerful work. Uh, Liam Crowley from comicbook.com says, Andor is what Star Wars has needed. A small glimpse, glimpse into this IP's full storytelling potential. Very contained and standalone. Plays out like a slow burn event series. Consumed with intrigue at the big picture. Lone nitpick, occasional wonky pacing, priority viewing. Uh, Genevieve, wait, uh, oh yeah, they're just going over the cast here. Genevieve O'Reilly, Forrest Whitaker. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård, uh, Fiona Shaw. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait. I think there's going to be a lot of, like, you know, uh, I can't, I'm looking forward to, like, the spy element in it and, um, wanting to see, you know, Andor's, Andor's past, which he does talk about, you know, in, in, in the Rogue One movie. And we've kind of seen some glimpses of flashbacks of him as a child and, and, um, I'm really interested to seeing, at seeing how, like how those flashbacks work. It, you know, it's, it's kind of reminiscent in that way of watching The Mandalorian where you get to see Din Jaren's, you know, introduction to, uh, the Mandalorian, uh, culture and things like that. And we're going to get to see Andor's origin story here, which I'm very intrigued by. And then, uh, I want to see like all these, you know, like the, the, the scene that we saw before Andor, um, when they re-released it, like he finds, he steals this device. I, it was a scene with him and Stellan Skarsgård and I thought it was just played out so well. Stellan Skarsgård is, you know, hired him to, to steal this piece of technology from the empire. And he's like, how did you get this? You know, it's like, you know, yeah, I want it and I'm going to pay you. But I, how did you get this? And Diego Luna is is telling him uh, that uh, he just he dressed up like uh, like one of these fucking officers and walked right in there and walked right out with it. And he's like, they think that they are so powerful that no one in their right mind would ever have the audacity to just waltz into his fucking like, you know, into like a, an empire base or whatever he was going to (laughs) and walk right out with it. They have like, like the security there is it's, it's, it's kind of lacking in that way because they're just, they have so much, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, not pride. Um, Anyway, I can't think of the word. Maybe it's similarly. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, they just they 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 don't have like they, the security isn't there. Those uh, because they don't think that anybody would be would just walk into this base and walk out with with something. They just think they are that powerful that people would just be too scared. And so I thought it was an. Yeah, I thought it was. They're a, very naive. I just thought it was a very powerful scene. And I think the acting in this one is just, you know, from what I've seen from like those clips was, uh, and, and you can watch that stuff now, uh, all those clips, they, uh, they dropped them. Um, I think it was like, was it September 8th when they, uh, dropped, uh, 
Thor, Eleven Thunder and all the D23 stuff. So you can watch all those, those clips from, from the Andor stuff. But I, yeah, I'm looking forward to this more than I actually am Mandalorian season three. And I think these quotes are just like, they've got me, they've got me chomping at the bit to fucking watch Andor. Wayne, are you, uh, are you into Star Wars? Are you into Andor? Are you into any of this shit? I am. I, I gotta rewatch uh Rogue One. I don't know too much of Andor. I mean it, it seems like this is gonna be quite important given how many episodes we're gonna be getting. And uh, wh- do they say they're they're already cleared for like a season two for this show? Yeah, it's it's planned out as a two uh two season show. I think it's twelve yeah. episodes per season. The f- First season's going to span five years, and I think the last season's going to take place over one additional year. Yeah, I mean, like, give me more Star Wars, whatever it is, and you're giving me more episodes. I'm good. I'm good for that too. Like, so I'm definitely going to do a rewatch. I, I did hear that there was Rogue One playing in in certain theaters and stuff, and people were going back to the theaters to see it. Um, I, I've only, I think I've only seen it like once or twice, but I remember it being a pretty good movie. I think it came out. Um, Right around the same time the Suicide Squad movie came out, because uh, I remember saying that that should have been the real Suicide Squad. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, right. So, but yeah, I, yeah, I'm definitely interested in this. Yeah, yeah, I so. can't fucking wait, man. Yeah. Oh my god, I watching um, Rogue One. I just I forgot like how fucking how fucked up Saw Gerrera was in Andor. Like, he's scary. I was just like, fucking Forrest Whitaker's fucking scary in that movie. <laughs> he's been through a lot. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's like, he's got all these, you know, he's basically having a machine breathe for him and got all these mm-hmm. fucking robot parts on him and shit. I was just like, holy shit. I, man, I'm, I can't wait for fucking him. Jake, that is all I have this week. That is it. I think that is it. No, I got one more thing. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fuck it. We're done. Fuck it. We're done. I, I was just joking. Right, let's hear it. No, it's just, it's not a huge, it, it, Katie Sackhoff, this, this is from Dark Horizon. She said, she's revealed that the show's bosses, this, she's talking about the Mandalorian. Uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni have told her when the series will come to an end. Uh, Sackhoff guested on the second season of the series in the role of Bo-Katan, a character from the Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, which Sackhoff also voiced. Uh, speaking to Variety at D23 Expo over the weekend, she was asked, how many seasons have they told her the show will go for? To which she responded, you know, I have been told, but we'll just have to wait and see if that happens. Then asked if the number of seasons aligned with her own expectations, she responded, yes. Uh, yes, the good thing. What else would she fucking say? No, no, no. The writers really, (laughs) really dropped the ball here. (laughs) They fucked, they fucked up. They're going to draw this shit out. It's going to be like Sopranos all over again, where there's three just completely needless seasons. She says the good thing uh, with Dave and John is that they're constantly expanding this world. And I don't think that Star Wars fans will be lacking for content anytime soon. Um, yeah, she has previously dubbed the upcoming third season of The Mandalorian as grand with a brisker pacing than that of previous seasons and fans will be, quote, blown away. So, yeah, I guess uh, third season of Mandalorian arrives in February. Not a big story. Nothing really given away. Probably could have skipped it. 
Yeah, I'm pretty hyped for Mando season three. Ever since seeing uh, Babu Frick is going to oh. be involved. Are you fucking? Is that, is that it, Babu Frick? <laughs> and it's not just I mean, what it's a. It's that's a, what I'm. That's the most exciting thing about Mando season three for me. We don't know if it's Babu Frick. There's a bunch of those little Babu Fricks. You see, like fucking like seven of them in that shot. Oh, I'm going to be disappointed if it's not the Babu Frick. Oh. That's going to make me mad. Oh God. I'm, <laughs> all it takes for you to get excited over Mando season three is Babu Frick. <laughs> Stephanie, did you know that Babu Frick is voiced by Moaning Myrtle? Moaning Myrtle. What? I did not know that. Yes. <laughs> Mind blown. Thanks for keeping me for keeping me in the loop. <laughs> yeah. If you if you want to know why Stephanie doesn't say dick during star wars news it's because i don't even think stephanie's watched the original trilogy and you would be correct yet again (laughs) what would it take for you to watch fucking star wars i started the first one is it like a new hope is that that's it right yes (laughs) i just couldn't get through it (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i mean if you can't get through a new hope then yeah tap out okay (sighs) Uh, <laughs> what a sigh. She Stephanie has watched more of Last Light than Star Wars. Oh boy. Oh boy. It's so good. Last Light's so good. Oh my god. <laughs> Star Wars has fucking stood the test of time for 45 fucking years. It has think- millions of fans all over the world. Stephanie's like, I, I couldn't get through it. I, okay, in all fairness. <laughs> oh, no, there is no fairness in this. It, no, it, no, it, let me stop you right there. No. <laughs> Go ahead. It's, it's hard to watch it without noting how dated it looks. It looks very dated watching it now. I think if I would have watched it maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, even though it, it, it would have been old then, it wouldn't have been as old as it is now. It just seems it read a little. Oh, my God. I don't want to get canceled. It read a little cheesy to me, and it was a little hard to get through. I don't necessarily think the storyline was bad, but it was a, it felt a bit campy to me. It's definitely meant to be campy. Oh, it is. Okay. I don't, everybody got silent, and I don't want this to be my last time on PCO. <laughs> Oh no! You're, it it you're was your good. it was your last time on PCL. I'd say about a good fucking hour and a half ago. I think it goes back to that fucking that uh, that really uh, distasteful Schindler's j- List joke that you made. <laughs> oh, that was me. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> If anybody should be canceled over this episode, it's fucking me talking about butt cream for fucking 25 fucking minutes. Oh, it wasn't that long, was it? Jake, part of the joke was me making it a little bit longer than it actually was. So I wasn't really trying to nail it down to the exact fucking minute and seconds. It was more of just like, okay, let's exaggerate this a little bit for the joke. But Jake takes everything. I have butt cream clocked at eight minutes and 25 seconds. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous <laughs> that you would even make this an argument. 
<laughs> just, just Jake. From now on, when I maybe extend the times on something, just take it as part of the joke. Okay. You drive me crazy sometimes. <laughs> I should be going off at Stephanie for turning off Star Wars, and yet I'm mad. I'm mad. No, you're welcome, Stephanie. I deflected there for you. You did. I appreciate. It. I appreciate the relief I got for a little minute there. <laughs> I I saw in theaters. What was the uh, um. It's not real good. The first one with John Boyega in it. What was that one? Force Awakens. I really enjoyed that. I saw that. It was good. Oh, you've seen that entire movie? Uh, the whole thing. First, yeah. I saw it in theaters. It was good. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Can I just watch that point on then? Oh, God. Stop right there. No. You, I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, you did it. <laughs> yeah. You can stop right there. I mean, I guess if you want to watch the Ryan Johnson one, you can. Because it's still good, but I mean, once you get into like uh, the Rise of Skywalker, it just takes it. You know what? She would like it. She would love the Rise of Skywalker. I don't think she would. I think she would. I think she would be like, "Oh my god, I saw, I really like that," and we'd be like, "What? What?" <laughs> I'm telling you, Jake, know. she would love the Rise of Skywalker. Is that a movie or a show? Jake, none of it's this. A movie. None of the stuff. She doesn't have the history that we do. None of the stuff. That like that like the stuff that fucking bothered us in that movie, she doesn't have the history with it. She'd just be like, Oh my god, uh you know. She I, I don't think it has the the humor and the pacing and the adventure feel that Force Awakens has. I I feel like Force Awakens is the perfect I've never seen a Star Wars movie. I'm gonna enjoy a Star Wars movie movie. I don't think there's anything even close to Force Awakens when it comes to like a gateway movie for people that don't watch Star Wars. Yeah, I don't know. I think she'd like it, especially that part where they the, the, there's problems with the oil. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> listening, go see Last Light. It's so good. Go watch it. So yeah. Good. Speaking of last, this is your last appearance. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Stephanie. I fucking love you. Got to meet you finally at yes, C2E2. It was great. It was. We had a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you come back. Please come back. I hope Absolutely. We, I, I'm ready. <laughs> I hope we didn't scare you off. <laughs> Not at all. And Jake, I won a game and Jake got me these potato chips and they were so good. Oh, the kitchen cooked, right? Yes. Yeah, oh, they yeah. were so good. Yeah, kitchen cooked, man. Those are the fucking yeah. Those are the fucking shit. Like, my dad lives in North Carolina now and can't get kitchen cooked chips. And so when he comes up here, it's like I have to buy him bags and bags of kitchen cooked. It's like, Dad, you know you can order this on the internet, right? But you know, <laughs> old people. My dad's like Matthew Fox. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, mm. that's one thing I'm really scared about getting older is the fact that like like losing my eyesight, my eyesight going out on me. Mm. I have my eyesight is terrible. Oh, I know you you, you you like Wayne. How's your eyesight? Are you good? Yeah, yeah I'm pretty good. But you're younger. <laughs> you're younger. Yeah. <laughs> my eyesight was bad when I was six, though. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. 
I have I have perfect 2020 vision. Even even now, it's just perfect. But man, if when it starts, and I hear it starts going out in like your 40s and shit. It hasn't happened yet. I have perfect fucking vision. But when it starts going out, Jake, it's gonna it's gonna scare me. I do not want to have to fucking. I don't want to have to be the guy like uh, I need a pair of readers, pair of readers. <laughs> oh yeah. I need I need a pair of readers. <laughs> I'll do the fucking LASIK, man. I'll fucking do the LASIK. Uh, there's no fucking way. I've uh, actually been considering that lately. I would do. I'll, I'll do LASIK in a fucking heartbeat. There's no way. I, I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to. I look stupid in glasses anyway. I, I just. <sighs> you don't think you look dignified in glasses? I look. No. I, my my face. I I've put on. I don't need more sunglasses, Stephanie. I look wow. stupid. I look stupid. I look stupid in sunglasses. I've never, I never wear sunglasses. I, I, I own a pair of sunglasses. I've never, I, I never wear them out. Wow. Dude, I look cool as fuck with sunglasses. I'm just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Jake wears his sunglasses at night. Yeah, for sure. I'll wear sunglasses to the next C2E2. You won't fucking believe it. I You'll wish like, I could. Fuck. I wish I could wear sunglasses. I just look stupid with them on. <laughs> I look dumb as fuck with sunglasses on. Yeah, I'm not, not not looking forward to my fucking eyesight going out on me. Fucking buying a pair of readers. I need a pair of readers. Going to Lens Crafters to get a pair of readers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. I've never I've never walked into a Lens Crafters. Really? Never. <laughs> Glasses, I don't get, you know, you know how you, you know, you, when you sign up for your fucking insurance and shit and you got to get, you, you can do like the, the, the medical and then you, you do the dental and then they got the vision. I've never fucking got vision insurance ever in my entire fucking life. I guess with 2020 vision, you wouldn't need it. I fucking, I, my vision's so good. I got x-ray vision. I see people naked sometimes. It's fucked up. <laughs> Goes in it. <laughs> <laughs> Goes in it, goes in and out. Doesn't work all the time, but sometimes it does. <laughs> I'm not gonna touch this. <laughs> what, Jake? I got nothing. You got nothing? Yeah, man. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm staring at your crotch for an abnormally long period of time, you know why? <laughs> Looking at your dick. Um. Let's see. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is the episode where I get canceled. <laughs> it's definitely possible. It's one. possible. <laughs> uh, I didn't need to use my vision in that Schindler's shower scene, though, Jake, did I? No. 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 Oh, I love Schindler's List. Great movie. It's hard yeah. to watch it, though. Send this fucker. Oh my god. <laughs> I might cut that part out. That's part of it. No, 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 no. Leave it in. <laughs> Shut up. You're not the one who's gonna get canceled, Wayne. <laughs> not yet. <Okay. laughs> All right. Okay. We're gonna end this fucker. Hey uh Stephanie, I wanna thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Where can people find you when I'm not thanking you? <laughs> um, you can find me on popcultureleftover.com and you can find me on the Cedar Cast Movie Reviews. 
<laughs> what are you guys doing over on Scenic Cast Movie Reviews this week? Um, we're doing Woman King and two movies I have not yet watched yet. So that'll be <laughs> Look at I'm, you. What are you procrastinating over there for? Just a little bit. Just a little Get with it. Jeez. I hope they don't listen to this because then they're going to know you're fucking around. No, it, tell them it's my fault for having you watch all this other shit. Don't worry. No, it's fine. <clears throat> I'll just watch the two other movies for Scenic Cast tonight and tomorrow morning and I'll be gravy. Nobody will know. Nobody will know. And it'll be fresh on your mind. Exactly. Exactly. Watch these, talk about these, and then watch those, talk about those. Yeah. Making excuses for pure laziness is fun, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Wayne Yeah when, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't spoil anything this episode Yeah Yeah <laughs> That I know of But uh I think uh, We didn't spoil any plot points But I think I pretty much spoiled the episode Single handedly myself <laughs> Uh I love it. <laughs> anyway, what's going on, Wayne? Where can people find you when you're not on Pop Culture Leftovers? Well, uh, sometimes I'm I'm actually on Cinecast as well. But um, you can find my podcast, Podcast Championship Wrestling, uh, where we talk about modern-day wrestling and sometimes the Ruthless Aggression Era. And we have Jake joins me and Dre also who's on Pop Culture Leftovers sometimes. Uh, and you, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Chicken. Yeah, you can find me as soon as we fucking rap call on that John Bernthal America Gigolo number and then <laughs> jerking my little gigolo. I saw the second episode's out for that now. Is it? Yeah, I think it comes out on Fridays. Oh, I thought they came out on Sundays. Okay. Well, shit, I should have watched the second episode then. Maybe so there you go. You don't even need to call the number. You can watch a whole fucking episode. No, I like that number. <laughs> call it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it helps him sleep at night. He calls him right before he goes to sleep. Sometimes I just call it in the car. Yeah, yeah. Second episode is out. All right. Second episode of American Gigolo is out. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> God, ugh, let's get the fuck out of here. This was trash. This was a. This was terrible. <laughs> Stephanie, don't. I, I had fun. I mean, Stephanie, maybe you had fun. Maybe I don't know. Maybe you had fun. I don't think anybody else did. I had fun. It was a blast. Okay, there's two. Thank you. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Nobody's. Nobody's going to be talking about this episode. I'm just saying, nobody's going to be talking about it. It's not going to be like, you know, like there was like the, like, what are some of the big episodes that people talk about, Jake? Like the, you know, like the, you're done JJ episode. Like that was huge. You know what I mean? Yeah. That one is huge. Yeah. This is not, this is not even close. This is like, this is like bottom tier. This is bottom. This is bottom tier. Yeah. (laughs) So glad to be a part of it. Yeah. (laughs) You were definitely a big part of it, Wayne. (laughs) you definitely helped in this shake and bake fuck up of an episode yes sirree bob all right let's end this bitch and jake and until next week we're putting a lid lid on it there you go you said it with a little bit more you know what i mean like a little bit more confidence you grabbed your nuts on that one 
I did. I did. I'm literally holding it out right now. Sometimes you you just say it like like you're scared, like you're timid. You remind me of Kip and like a Napoleon Dynamite or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> Putting a lid on it, you know. It's I, like, I'm finally gaining my confidence with this ending. I know it's just a few words, man. It's just words, dude. Just say it. It's not like me trying to say similarly. Like, <laughs> 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 thank God that that's not in the fucking outro. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, yeah, that would be rough. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. See you later. Oh, we're talking Andor next week. See you. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless. But I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap! Toss it, good and take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, paint, erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And for the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.